All right, uh, getting everything started here. So many of our listeners have been checking out Ned, and the feedback has been amazing. Uh, you know, Chris and I have been using it. I've been using it more typically at night. Uh, Chris, I, I know you've switched off different times. I, yeah, I, I, up I, from I, 300 dosage. And then to the 1500. I, again, I just want, because, of course, if I want to speak eloquently and with, <laughs> some, and with some sense of, uh, some sense of validity. I, I want to try all of it. And, and because I, you know, because of my post-traumatic stress and, and because of my infl- uh, ulcerative colitis or IBD um, and, you know, arthritis in my fingers and stuff, I figured, well, what the hell I've got these conditions. I've got these conditions. Let's just see which one works best. And I can tell people so they don't have to go spend money trying to find which one works and say, this is what's working and, you know, take it for what's worth. And uh, yeah. I, and again, I'm, I'm back to using it at night. I think night still, the best for me. I did try to do it in the daytime a little bit and it, it was fine, but I, I still do. I'm the same as you after running with it. Now, I think what's three months at least, haven't we? Three yeah, months, two. Pretty much yeah. just about. Yeah. Consistently. I I've been finding that, that, uh, you know, I, that's why I did. I tried the morning, afternoon and night. Some I people are doing all three. Some people do like three a day. I mean, it doesn't get you high. It'd be a bit much for me, but you know, well, and it, what if you have high anxiety? Because that's what it's for. It's it's yeah. to calm you down or to or to even you out. And when I say even you out, that means you could have depression or you could be on the other spectrum and have severe anxiety. It helps with both. It brings it to the center line. And and yeah, if you need to do it three times a day, then yeah, definitely do it three times a day. It's it's not like you're taking a hard hard medication three times a day or like you're taking a. Yeah. Uh, you know, Percocet or something like that. So I was like uh, my my grandpa was all about the oh, Percocet. Yeah. That's all another uh, podcast. <laughs> oh yeah, we got to talk about because you know that's that yeah that's a that's an addicting. Well, anyway, oh, yeah. yeah, right, another podcast. But um, <laughs> no, I I I've I upped it. You know, I I took the fifteen hundred milligram one, and and to be honest with you, I just take less of a dose of it. I I still think the uh the, was it the three hundred that we started yeah. on, brother. Yeah, the three hundred worked great. Um, it's a high. I would take a higher dosage though. So really. That fifteen hundred, I take the lower dosage. The bottle is lasts me longer, but you know it's it is a, it is more expensive too. So you know you have six in one hand, half dozen in the other. I think it's really just what your preference is. But I I, I but now it's been fantastic, and I'm back to taking it at night, and I'm doing. Like I said as you can tell from all you listeners and everybody that follows me on social media. I'm really back to my old self of what I was, you know, before all this craziness started four or five years ago. And, and I got wrapped into the, into this, into the little bit of the limelight and bought a little bit into my own bullshit, which, <laughs> which really took me down a slippery slope, but this has really helped me come out of it. And that side, the side positive too, is that I wasn't expecting it to help, but it helped out with my ulcerative colitis too, my inflammatory bowel disease. So, Hey, that's another, that's a win-win right there. Absolutely. It doesn't get better than that. And I don't think I've seen anyone handle this whole situation better than you staying calm. And yes, CBD has been an extremely popular uh, supplement in the past year. And as the market becomes saturated, it becomes more and more difficult to navigate and choose the right company and product. That's where Ned comes in. They produce the highest quality CBD extracted from the finest organic hemp plants from a small homestead in the bountiful farmland of Paonia, Colorado. Ned is a wellness brand offering science-backed and nature-based solutions that offer an alternative to prescription and over-the-counter drugs. No isolates, no synthetic ingredients, and Ned shares third-party lab reports, who farms their products, their extraction process, all that right there on their site. So there's full transparency and their full spectrum hemp oil only contains their CBD extract and non-GMO MCT oil. That's it. 
and they really they say this and it really is true the taste is clean and pure i've grown to love the taste uh <laughs> if, if you've grown up in colorado and you've ever went in the Sanger de cristo range or down there in southern colorado where i grew up in alamosa mount blanca and that area in there if you've ever gone pine cone hunting or pinion they call it the pinion nuts is what we used to go pick up when we were, we were kids in colorado there and you've eaten pinion nuts or pine nuts that's what it tastes like if you don't know what that tastes like well now you do so if you ever eat pine nuts uh, then you can you, you know what that tastes is. but that's really that's what it reminds me of it reminds me of going pine hunting and and, and getting pinion nuts or pine nuts when i was growing up that's the taste but and it, it should be if they're farming there in olathe colorado as well because uh, yeah. that's that's where the stuff's coming from so yeah it, it tastes it tastes yeah you do have to get a little bit used to the taste if you're oh i liked it I, I i liked it immediately actually I, and I said, I was like, well, this is when I used to eat pinion nuts back home. It tastes just like that, that little bit of a, a smoky pine flavor. And it, 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 it's, I have no issues with it and I still have no issues with it, but I grew up on that kind of stuff too in that area. And, and uh, no, it's, it's well, well, it's well worth it. If you have a little bit of a off on the taste and you're, you're kind of getting used to it, you will. And eventually, like Ian just said, eventually it's just, yeah, it's just, it, it, it's nothing new. It's just like getting up and eating a bowl of cereal in the morning. It's that taste that you that you that you have, that you're used to, and and it doesn't bother you. And the effects, of course, are fantastic. Well, well worth whatever taste preferences you have. But Ian and I both concur with the taste is is perfectly fine. Yeah, I, it doesn't it, it doesn't have like any artificial taste to mm -hmm. it because it's not. So cannabinoids not. have a wide range of benefits and regulate nearly every biological system in the human body. You've heard us talk about the benefits. Sleep aid anti-inflammatory, natural pain reliever, post-traumatic stress treatment, uh, treatment of depression, rich source of antioxidants, and the treatment of serious chronic conditions such as epilepsy, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, and more. Um, you know, those are some of the, the bigger conditions that you may want to consult with your physician first, as they would tell you. But um, yeah, we're hearing great things, and, and really the science is still getting there that we're going to we're going to see the full benefits of CBD as more and more people are taking it. So um, net is going to benefit you guys. It will not get you high. Full spectrum hemp is a non psychotropic net products contain a minuscule amount of THC, less than 0.3 percent as allowed by law. And if you want to check out Ned and try CBD, as so many people in our audience have, we have a special offer code for the Battleline audience. Go to helloned.com slash battleline or enter battleline at checkout for 15% off your first order plus free shipping. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com slash battleline. One word to get 15% off your first order plus free shipping. Thank you, Ned. And every show is sponsored, of course, by Fort Scott Munitions. Fort Scott is a manufacturer of multi-federal patented solid copper and brass CNC spun ammunition that is designed to tumble upon impact in soft tissue, leaving devastating wound channels for faster bleed out and quicker incapacitation. This ammunition was originally developed to innovate and improve on the standard of military grade ammunition design. It was found that not only did the TUI ammunition outperform competitors in the self-defense industry, but it quickly became apparent that it would be a top contender for hunters alike. With the ammunition being CNC spun, the tolerances are some of the tightest on the market, ensuring that you receive the same results with each pull of the trigger. Fort Scott Munitions is available throughout privately owned businesses in all 50 states, as well as directly online through fortscottmunitions.com. As you mentioned on the last podcast, a great thing to see is 
as many businesses right now are in uncertain times, Fort Scott is actually hiring people and uh, yeah. keeping the economy going. Yeah, they're 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 doing fantastic and a good family, good people, and and just like they always do, they always are back in battle lineup. They back myself up. Uh, I have a new product called the Tontos Toolbox. Actually, it's an old product that we Gen One that we've re, that we retooled and fixed. Uh, it's a little 300 blackout uh, a PDW or a little pistol. So what what those are? They're really our short barrel rifles, but we have to give them the nomenclature PDW because of the certain buttstock on it. It means they're a short, they're a long or a short barrel rifle or a long barrel pistol. But those Tontos toolboxes that I'll be selling here, I believe I'll probably put them on put them on today on the website. Fort Scott came in and is donating uh, uh, you know 100 rounds of, of 300 blackout ammunition, which isn't cheap for a drawing for whoever buys one of those 40. We'll do a drawing of a prize package that they get a lot of great stuff. And including in that is Fort Scott, who stepped up and said, well, we'll donate 100 rounds of 300 blackout uh, uh, supersonic ammunition or 115 grain ammunition, which, nice. guys, that's not that's not cheap. And uh, so it is. That's just and that's just the kind of people they are They're they do they do do well they're doing well right now but they always give back especially to those that are very loyal to them which i am and their loyalty shows back through to us myself and of course the podcast so yeah check them out go check out fort scott munitions and you'll be happy with their product 100 so once again fortscottmunitions.com use the exclusive promo code battleline for 15 percent off your order only available to listeners of the battleline podcast Fort Scott Munitions is a proud supporter of Chris Peranto, Battleline Tactical, and the Battleline Podcast. Let's hit the music from uh, Jinx Fails. Let's get right into it. On the microphones, pure and uncensored American straight talk. Never quit. You're locked and loaded with Chris Peranto and Ian Scotto. This, this is the Battleline Podcast. Which is on. Motherfucker, I'm going to shoot you in the face. Switches on Battleline Podcast. Really excited to have Graham Allen coming on this episode. Neither yeah. of us really know Graham, so this will be our first time talking to him. The guy's gained a major following, and uh, I, I was asking this uh, recently. I guess this is just the way I'm going to put it. How is how is your um, sentence right now going? Of, uh, <laughs> of, 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 how how was uh, I putting it again? I, I was yeah, saying I, I, like home. Uh, what is it? Called? Oh, home confinement. House arrest. House, yeah, arrest. house arrest. House, yeah, well, I don't have an ankle bracelet yet, so we're we're okay <laughs> here, and uh, we're okay here in the Midwest. I, I I see, and this is again, I that's why I don't watch the news. I don't want any sort of out 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 outward influence of what I'm seeing, cause, and that's how I, when I used to work downrange too. I I said, guys, give me some intel, but then I get out in the city, and I just you just start to feel, and you and you look, and you see how people are acting. 
and you just can get a feel of how people are and and you know that sense of panic that people had initially when this all first started yeah and it was guys and you may don't tell me it wasn't because a lot of you out there was was shitting yourself you were i seen it i could go to the stores i could i could just see it in people's eyes that has since subsided within the general population in my opinion but I do believe that the politicians now, they're the ones that are like, ah, I, 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 I refer back to Judge Dredd. Like, I am the law enforcing these laws. And some of these states, yeah, yeah you're probably in New York City. Yeah, you, 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 you're, you're in a confined, really in a confined space with a huge population. Yeah, you, you probably want to put some regulations on where people will could collect. You know, you probably want to do a little bit of that. Uh, you want to handle it correctly and don't come out and say, I am the law and I am going to give you misdemeanors and I'm going to write you up for this. I mean, there has to be some tact to it, which I haven't seen from the political, from anybody in the in the country, as far as politicians, governors and so forth go. But, you know, I but here in Nebraska, you know, the, I, I, the mayor and I, I, I don't really care for and, and also the, the Omaha police, the chief of police, I really don't care for. And they know that um, <laughs> you know, coming out and, and, and just shutting down facilities and really and what I see it is they're just responding to what everybody else is doing, particularly New York, even though, like we just said, you've got 10 times the population on Long Island than we yeah. have, you know, than we have in basically the whole eastern slope, eastern part of Nebraska. You know, putting some of these regulations, I think, were silly. And I, so what I'm saying is I see the politicians now are the ones doing the knee-jerking and the panicking. But also, to me, it's just like I have the power. I'm going to tell you what to do, and this is what you're going to do, instead of really using common sense per state. Um, you know, so I do. I, I do believe that, yeah, New York should have probably a stricter set of rules because of – and you should say the same. We talk about this offline, Ian. Yeah. You guys have yeah. a lot more people. You have – I mean, all the cases, damn near what – 85 percent is, yeah. is is in new york and in the in that metropolitan area where you give yeah. everywhere else especially nebraska what do we, we have 500 500 cases maybe and it and i love the world i love the word perspective cases well what the hell does that mean is it yeah. or isn't it are you just waiting to see if you can and that's what i see a lot of things too i think people are are are, are applying covid for a all-compassing hey do you have pneumonia or COVID? Well, it looks like you might have COVID. We're going to give it COVID. We're just going to say you have it. So the numbers go up. I see that a little bit. I do. I really do. And I mean, you and I think we disagree a little bit on that, but that will be something two years from now when we're having this podcast, we go and look at the numbers. But what I'm getting at brother is, is the people itself. I think have really calmed down. I really do. I believe that they people themselves are, like I said, in one of our podcasts, two or three times through three uh, podcasts ago, I said, people will generally get used to what's going on. Like when I made the reference to ranger school, ranger school sucks, but after a month of it, your body and your mind get used to it. So it's just an everyday thing. Every day is going to suck and you just get used to sucking and you just deal with it. That's the beauty of, of human nature. That's the beauty of, of, of being in America. Really? It really is. We have that capability and people do that. But now I'm seeing the politicians. Um, I think they enjoy a little bit of the control, especially the governors and the mayors using these executive, whatever the hell they call them to make new rules. And I've been in positions where you have authority. When you have a little bit of that authority, you got to be careful because it can become like a drug and it's addicting. And you have to you you have to be careful not to not to just enjoy that authority. So when you need to start loosening it up, you can't let it go. And I, I see that, man. I really do within the within the uh, within a lot of the political and within the political spectrum. But the the populace itself, I see a lot of people just all right, all right. We're getting back to normal. Yeah, I'm ready to get back out, but um, we're just taking it for what it is, and we'll ride it out. And 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 uh, that's a good sign. And here in Nebraska, buddy, 
with me, it's business as usual. I really haven't changed much. I, I still get out as much as I can running. I don't, it's not because of the COVID. It's because it's damn springtime and it's still 30 degrees. That's, that's why I don't get out as much as I'd like to. But um, I know it's different here than it is in New York City. So, you you know, you expound on that. Oh, yeah, and, of course. Because I, I can't talk yeah, about Yeah, I, I mean, I think people are aware of it. There's nothing else to really talk about because people are going to see it. The, the one thing I was going to mention that I always thought was funny was um, Tig was posting what uh, summer plans did you have that COVID fucked up? And a lot of people are posting different things. A lot of people liked what I posted. And I said Top Gun, too. And I've been thinking about it a lot. And you know what it is, man? You know why I think people are saying right now the country is so divided. We need something to unite us. And I've realized during other tragedies in American history, there's always something else to distract us from politics that does yeah. unite us. Um, yeah. I always think back, especially in New York, when they play the highlight of Mike Piazza hitting that first home run yeah. when baseball was back. I was at that game. I was at that oh, game. Oh, that's with awesome. My I and have his I, rookie card, dude. I love Mike so Piazza. Cool. I'm a rookie card. Awesome. And hey, super nice guy. Got to meet him, man. He's awesome. a listener of Andrew Wilkow. Um, oh, that's cool. That is <laughs> yeah. so cool. Yeah. So uh, I got a chance to meet him. Very cool guy. But the point is, um, you know, I think we have like that Tiger King show on Netflix distracting us at least. <laughs> but yeah. uh, I think people just need something big to get away from all of this because, uh, you know, people always say politics is divisive and it's designed to be a, di a divisive. Yeah. And yeah. I really would love to see because now Top Gun 2 is delayed another six months. And I really would have loved to have seen people going to the theater Democrat, Republican, independent. And I really feel like if it's anything like the first movie, they will come out of there. You've talked about this before. Just feel good movies yeah. and saying yeah. life is good. And, and also God bless America. God bless our military. And we don't have that right now. And it's it's an unprecedented time in America because after 9-11, a lot of things did get relatively back to normal. And we're going to have a while until things get back to normal. And we could focus on positive things rather than all this. Well, but I've been, and we can, we can definitely. But here we go again with the politics. That's why I tell people to stop watching the news turn because politicians were were placing blame and placing this and that on on why why is this going on or what happened or who dropped the ball. And we said again, like three or four podcasts ago, I remember saying, "It's like don't worry about that. Don't worry about who's when this is done." When when the war and we'll, well, I'm going to use war as the analogy because COVID is is COVID's a terrorist right now. When the war is done and we have beat the COVID, whatever the hell we want to call it, Michelob Hobo virus, COVID virus, whatever, then you do the AAR and you say, what did we do wrong? All right, is there fault? Is there some blame? Because people died, you know, you don't need to look for blame, but if there is something that was done. Uh, egregious, there's got to be responsibility for it. That's part of being in charge. That's what you sign up for when you're in charge. But it, don't do it now. And I know the election's coming up. And that's what, that's where, it, it, I, I mean, if I watch regular TV, damn commercials come on because the elections are coming up and it's, that's the focal. Who's blame? Whose fault was it? Who's yeah. this or that? Boy, what that doesn't bring, it's not bringing anybody together. Again, we're using this, this, this tragedy this flu, this, this, this flu on steroids is what I call it. This we're using this again as a political rallying point for a base. Oh, God, absolutely. Not, and not and by the off. way, I, I know we have Graham coming on and Graham is a big Trump guy. Trump, <laughs> I'm just going to yeah. keep it real. Trump's been very guilty of it. You know, he's talking about sleepy Joe Biden during yeah. these press conferences. That's not what people want to hear about. And yep. you know what I think yep. people forget? 
it, and I think you could probably relate to this because um, I think you know a lot of the same people I do in this sense. There's, you know, you're not only the president or or politician for Republicans and Democrats, but you know what? There's a huge portion of people in this country who don't vote. And a lot of them are some of the most intelligent people I know. In fact, we've had people on this podcast I know, you know, who are very smart, keep up on politics, and they don't vote because they don't like the choices that they're given. Yeah. And yeah. you know what? They just want to hear what we're doing to solve this, and they don't really care about what other side is doing. And and for those people, I think you just got to have the respect to keep it out of this for right now. And everybody's doing it. This I, is not about taking uh, favorites for me, at least. You know. I I agree. That's great. This is a this is, it, and I use the analogy of battles and war because that's what I know. That's that that's my background. Not, I'm not Sergeant York, but I grew up in that. And that's you know when you deployed to the Middle East or wherever else I was going for ten years, that's what I use. So I'm going to apply it that way. But and let's use it. Let's even use Benghazi's example. Believe me. At three o'clock, three a.m. in the morning, after we were start, right before we started our our second firefight at our compound, it was our fifth, fourth one that night that we got into. I wasn't blaming. I was, oh damn it, why is Obama not sending us? Oh shit, why isn't Hillary sending us planes? Where's the military? No, the focus was eliminate this threat here and now. Don't I, not one time, even that whole evening. Or into the next morning, did I think to myself, who am I going to blame this on when I get back to the States? Not one time did I have that thought. And that's what people are doing. Who am I going to blame this on? Hey, guys, we're not even out of the woods yet. Let's not blame anybody for anything yet because really all the cards are still out. Stop doing that because right now we need to win this war, this battle that we have with this Hope Michelob Hobo virus, this Liberty Baby virus. We got to win that first. Then once that's done, now we go back and do our AAR. We do our after action report, after action review, whatever you want to call it, whatever military branch of service you were in. Then you figure out what went wrong, what went right, what did we need to improve on, what don't we need to improve, what did we do well, and so we're better prepared the next time. But doing it in the middle right now, th- that is, th- that's not helping us win anything. It's, it's basically – it's not doing anything, anything positive at all is placing blame and 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 saying saying that, oh, well, it's your fault. It's your fault. Vote for me. That is not doing anything to help out, man. And and I honestly I learned that from being at Range Battalion. That's what I learned. You always focus on the job at hand. What's the task at hand? Get that done. Figure out what you did wrong. And that's leadership too. figure out what you did wrong. Figure out what you did right. Make the improvements, whatever you did right. Sustain those improve, sustain those things you did right and move on and be better prepared for the next time we're dealing with this. But I, I, I just don't see that, man. But again, that's why I turn off the news. Maybe yeah, yeah, that is. I happening. agree. No, I've been I've been listening to all different other stuff right before we recorded. I was um, listening to Eddie Trunk on Sirius XM doing his uh, top five singers of, of uh, in rock music, which I thought was pretty cool. I submitted my list to him. So, no, I'm listening to plenty of things to get my mind off this, as I know you are. Oh, yeah. Actually, tell me who your t- who the top five were. Oh, the top five? Oh, me, yeah, tell me. Tell I'll me. look at my email right now because I, I, off the top of my head, I may get it wrong. And I was, I really did think about this before I well, sent well, it in. It's like you're going to, like, it's a big deal if we get things wrong about rock singers or rock musicians <laughs> on this show. I, I thought people were still alive that died a while ago. So, oh, hey, I, come on, man. Come on. Yeah, I I really had to think this over because there's just a lot of people I like, and and I'm stalling because I'm going into my Rob, Rob, Rob Halford has to be number one. That's all. No, I, I didn't. Mean. I didn't have Rob Halford. I'll what? tell you right now. Oh this, my this lord. Is who, this is who I okay. personally okay. like. You want me to start with one or start with yeah, five? Start with five. Work your way. All right. Down. 
Yeah. Brad Noel from uh, Sublime. Yeah, okay. Sublime. Yeah, 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 yeah. Aaron Lewis from Stains, number four. Not only great singer, great guy. Aaron, and but you know what? He could be considered country too now, though, dude. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's possible. Okay, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, Sebastian Bach from Skid Row, number yeah, three. Yeah, well, he sang. He didn't he? He sang in the uh, in theater. He sang in the opera. Yeah, what? yeah, absolutely. Dude, that dude is a talent. Uh, at eighteen and life to. Uh, nobody can hit those octaves those octaves that he can hit oh my lord and and oh, i just I, I loved watching his uh his whenever he do interviews because he he is so he's just so over the top but you can just tell he's just the kind of guy you want to sit and have a beer with because he would just he would just be so entertaining just to sit and talk to man yeah good, I, good, pick, I agree. good pick yeah and then yeah. um axel rose from guns and roses i'm a huge axel fan yep and uh and personal favorite of mine this probably would have made most people's list but i mean i'm just a huge deftones guy so chino moreno from the deftones yeah um, yeah i i will maybe get to yours but i want to make sure we're getting to graham allen so um <laughs> right now i'll just uh talk about fort scott munitions before i got it yep. on. Yeah, and then yeah. uh if you want to give me your top five i'd love to hear it right uh, after, honestly, i can't so. i i think i think people miss it because he's because he's when when he's with slipknot he just he's he there's a lot more oh, of Corey the growling in the heart, but Corey Taylor can sing, man. The dude can He's sing. up there, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. So, now go ahead, though. go ahead, go ahead. Uh, absolutely, man. So Fort Scott Munitions is a manufacturer of multi-federal patented solid copper and brass CNC spun ammunition that is designed to tumble upon impact in soft tissue, leaving devastating wound channels for faster bleed out and quicker incapacitation. This ammunition was originally developed to innovate and improve on the standard of military-grade ammunition design. It was found that not only did the TUI ammunition outperform competitors in the self-defense industry, but it quickly became apparent that it would be a top contender for hunters alike. With the ammunition being CNC spun, the tolerances are some of the tightest on the market, ensuring that you receive the same results with each pull of the trigger. Fort Scott Munitions is available throughout privately owned businesses in all 50 states, as well as directly online, of course, through fortscottmunitions.com. That's really the place to go right now because, you know, it's just easier to order things online at the moment. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Uh, use exclusive promo code BATTLELINE for 15% off your order. Only available to listeners of the BATTLELINE podcast. You hear, you hear us talk about them every show, and they do a great job supporting us, and we support them. So, once yep. again, BATTLELINE, 15% off when you go to fortscottmunitions.com. They're a proud supporter of Chris Peranto, Battleline Tactical, and the Battleline Podcast. We love the people at Fort Scott, and with that, I'm excited to talk to Graham Allen for the first time. Yeah, let's let's, let's knock it out, bro. Joining us, of course, for the first time on Battleline Podcast, Graham Allen, 12-year Army veteran, best known, of course, as the Daily Rants guy uh, that you've seen on social media, and the host of the Dear America Podcast. Now the author of America 316, which is going to come out July 28th, available for pre-order on your website. Man, I'm excited to talk to you because I'd love to hear about your military background and all that. But the thing I was saying to Chris, actually, before yeah. we had gone that I think is interesting is I think I think you and I are around the same age, right? I'm 33. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just turned 33 in January. Okay, so we're yeah. exactly the same age. Yeah. And, and so what's interesting to me is like I graduated from Hofstra with a radio degree in 2009 and at that time, it was like this thing where if you wanted to be in radio, you wanted to do anything in media, you had to get in with some company. You had to have a program director who likes you. And it was all about making connections. And I right. feel like you and a handful of other people were the first 
of being able to gain an audience just because the people liked you. It wasn't about any higher up at any company and yeah. the people gravitated towards you and you blew up from there, which I think is just so cool and I'd love to hear about. Yeah, well, you know, it's uh, the the past three years, especially right around fifth, well, four, uh, right at the end of 2015 going into 2016 is when you first started to see these uh, these people pop up that were uh, opinionistic folks that weren't necessarily in the media or things like that. They just had an opinion, right? And they were just saying what they wanted to say. Uh, one thing that I'm extremely proud of that we've done here is we took a gimmick, which when it all started, you know, and I've been very honest about this. And even in the book, uh, I talk about this. It was a, it was very much a gimmick at first, you know, this daily rants guy, dear, you know, all that stuff <laughs> was, was very much a gimmick, but, but I knew very early on, uh, even when I started that, I said, you know, we can't be this forever. Uh, we, we, we have to figure out a way to turn it from the daily rants guy into Graham Allen. And, and so, um, and, and we did everything the complete opposite way of everyone else. I mean, you saw all these guys, Emery King, uh, who was that girl, uh, Nicole Arbor, um, uh, John Burke, a combat veteran, you know, you've seen all these people come and you've seen, uh, their momentum die out. A good bit. And I think it's because we decided to do things different. And, uh, you know, we, we didn't start selling T-shirts everywhere. We didn't start putting article links of everything, um, trying to make quick money uh, in the audiences. And I think the audience uh, has rewarded us for that. And now, you know, we've we've got multiple things that we do these days. Um, and, uh, when does this come out? When is this podcast? We're, we're going to have it up on Monday. Monday okay. Brother. Yeah. All right. Perfect. Perfect. So I announced tomorrow actually that we've got a new TV show for Facebook coming out, uh, nice. and it's going to be a weekly show and we're actually going to call it real America. And so this is going to be like a, like a late night talk show kind of thing. Imagine a Tosh.0 if he was a conservative kind of thing. And so, uh, yeah, so we've been really lucky. And uh, yeah, I mean, if you'd have told me, uh, Tonto, when did I meet you the first time? Was it uh, it, Shot it, Show? It, 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 like, it was several years ago. It's like, th I think three years ago, brother. It, yeah. you know, it's, it's been it's been a while. It's been a while. It's, it's three or three or four. I know it wasn't wasn't last year or two years ago. Yeah, right, it's, it's right. been a little bit. It's been a yeah, bit. yeah. If you'd have told me back then that we would be where we are now, I probably would have said that you were nuts. And so, well, we've been very blessed. We've been very very lucky, and uh, hopefully, I don't screw it up too bad. Yeah, you just knock on wood, you just jinx the shit out yourself. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah they, everything's good. <laughs> no, I, you know, it, you, it's always good. Timing is perfect, and I do believe. And I, I know you, you, you have a lot of faith. I know you believe in God and all, and I do believe that God, if you do, it increases your luck a, a hell of, hell of a yeah. lot. And, yeah, and you getting, true. you know, you, you got in at, you got in at the time when yep. it was a good time to get in because this was something new. You know, and and then you're right, you, you doing it. What you said about it becoming oversaturated, which it did, and it still is, but that's fine. Nothing yeah. wrong with that. But have to find a new way to brand yourself. You do really exactly. do, and, and that's what you did. And that shows perseverance, and I believe that comes back from your background as as well. And I, I I do want people to hear that. I do want to hear some of the trials and tribulations, especially being a veteran, and and what what obstacles you ran into and how you overcame those obstacles. I have found so much out there from people, whether they're military service, prior military service, or civilians 
that they really do get a lot out of hearing a veteran, hearing about a veteran, especially a combat veteran that's been through, and it doesn't have to be combat. It can be any obstacle, right. any sort of adversity and how they overcame that, not just, not just due to resiliency, but they actually improved themselves after it happened. So yeah. they dealt with it, dealt with it, they got through it, but they didn't, once they got through it and they got through that hurdle, man, they were off and running because they were, they, they had, they had really another plan going on it. They just, and that's kind of what you were talking about as far as you a thinking ahead, you're just thinking ahead. So right. I'm going to hit this obstacle. I'm going to hit it. Things are going to stagnate and they're going to go out and we're going to have to figure out a way to continue to move and continue those momentum. So not only am I getting over that obstacle, but once I get over that obstacle, I'm at a dead on sprint because I'm bettering myself. Just, you know, right. can you tell what you're thinking? And, and when you knew that obstacle was coming and what sort of, even just maybe a little bit more detail, brother, and this is for the listeners out there. Yeah. I, I know I, I get it because I'm kind of in the same boat. You, you think ahead like that, but I do want the listeners to hear this because it, it, it shows perseverance and it shows a side that people don't think they have. They have that sixth gear. How do they get it out? How do they utilize it? Right. Well, uh, you know, going to military experience, you know, one thing that I, I, people know that I'm a veteran, but, but it's not necessarily something that I, uh, I harp on too much, uh, because in the grand scheme of things, I was just a normal army guy. I wasn't airborne, I wasn't a ranger, I wasn't anything cool like that. And, and so I was just, a, I was just a guy from Mississippi, man. I just wanted to do my part. I did go to Iraq twice, uh, and uh, I was a comms NCO for a combat engineer unit. Uh, I went on 300-plus missions outside the wire. But, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, I wasn't anything special. Uh, I was just a guy doing my job. And so, But I will say that, ironically, the thing that I use today outside of the basic uh, you know, discipline, uh, work ethic that the military teaches you uh, my last duty assignment, active duty, was I got put on a recruiting tour. Oh, and, no. <laughs> yeah. And, and so oh, I tell everybody that that ironically enough, the skill that I use the most from the military <laughs> is all the sales techniques that I had to learn in recruiting school. It, 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 customer service, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Service. And so uh, as far as business goes, the business side of thing, I think the biggest misconception that people realize or, or uh, that people think about people that they see on the Internet or on TV or they listen to podcasting all the time is they think that, you know, that, that this is it. Like, like this is all that we do. And they don't realize how much freaking nonstop work. Every bit of this is. I tell people now, you know, Tonto, I, I know you, uh, all the stuff that you've been through, you, you're going to probably roll your eyes at this. I tell people all the time, <laughs> I'm more tired now than I ever was in the military. Well, bro, that's why I have Ian. He does all the hard shit. All I got to do is come on. All I got to come in his talks like, hey, man. You do all the producing, you do all the editing, yeah. you do he so I, I guarantee Ian's over there nodding his head right now and I'm sitting over here snickering going, Yeah, sucker Ian, I got you, man. I have to shit. It's <laughs> funny though, because on some on some level, that's like a new thing because Look, who really started what you do? I would say it's Rush Limbaugh. You know, he's he's right. really the greatest. Yeah. I, whether you like the guy or not, he's a pioneer. He's the greatest of all time, I think, at what he does. In normal and radio, Ru hands down. Yeah. I, yeah. He, and, I, I, and when I, I, Rush Limbaugh started, it's like all he had to do was do his research and do a radio show. You didn't have right. to be a master at social media. You didn't have to know anything about algorithms and all that. And it's like the industry, especially in just the past five years, has changed 
so drastically that you have to be this jack of all trades. In a lot of ways, yeah. I don't like it because this is what I like doing. I like interviewing yeah. someone like you. I like talking to Tonto. I'm not a huge fan of all the social media stuff, but in yeah. this day and age, you have to do all of it. Well, unfortunately, you kind of become a, a prisoner of the own of the own monster that you've created, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so people have connected with me. It is a part of my personality. You know, I'll get on a tangent with the best of them, but but that's not all of me. That's maybe like five percent of who I am as a total person. In fact, normally, you know, Tato, you know this in person. I'm actually normally like the quietest guy in the room. Like I don't really, you know, I don't really talk that much unless you talk to me. I kind of mind my man. I'm married with three kids. You know, I don't go out like drinking and partying with no, people you're, and you're, all this you're stuff. Right. You're, you're right. And the guys that are usually successful and have longevity aren't. They don't. They don't do. Right. I mean, no, they they do what you do. They do what I do now. And I can get to the story about how. I went down the wrong road when you're done talking how and how I nuked everything and luckily I came out of it. Okay. But yeah. you, you're right. You, you, when you say you, you become a, a prisoner of your own monster. Well, I did. And you can see people publicly can see when that happened. Yeah. It's when I, I dropped my Twitter account. I mean, I mean, you're hundreds of thousands of followers and you know, and that if, if you look at it, I'm not looking at the followers in the public, but if you're, if you depend on those things for finance, that's a lot of money. Yeah. That is that you're losing because of promotion and marketing. Mm -hmm. So I, I completely agree with you, man. You get to that point and you handled it obviously better than I did. I, I nuked it. I said, you know, screw this. I'm going to dump everything. I'm going to go in the dark. I'm going to get back to what I was before because I'm becoming what I, I'm believing my own hype is what I was yeah. doing. And, and luckily I, because of perseverance, because again, I got right with, I got right with God. I got right with myself. I got right it's with my family. Yeah. It is. Yep. I've, I've been able to recover from that, but it was, it was a scary point because, okay, I, I got to stop that life. I can't be, I can't live that monster that I've created anymore because basically I'm not a good person as I, as I thought I was. I'm yeah. not a good father. I'm divorced from my, from my love of my life, my wife. I'm, 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 I'm drinking way too much. You know, I'm going down this depressive slope. I'm in toxic relationships with terrible people. Yeah. What do I do? Do I keep, but I make, but guess what? I'm doing very well financially. What do I do? Yeah. Do I nuke it and then cut all the finances and hope that comes back so I can still make a living and support my family? Um, or do I keep going that slippery slope? Then one day I'm in, if somebody finds me in the shower with a, you know, with a bullet hole in the back of my head. Yeah. I, it really wasn't a hard choice to make, but I did it to myself. So when you said that you make your own monster, man, bro, that brings so many <laughs> thoughts back of, of when I did, because I completely yeah. agree with you. So I, I know I cut in the middle of it, but I want you no. to keep going to how you overcame, because you overcame it and you handled it a lot better than I did. Well, and I want to hear about well, that. well, I don't, I don't really know. I don't really know if that's a hundred percent true. And again, I, I hate to be that guy that keeps referencing the book, but, but, but I do. I talk. No, about don't do it. You got yeah. to, bro. You know, people need to read that stuff. Please. I talk about it in the book, and, and you know, and I open people up to the fact of, uh, you know, the Lord knew what He was doing with me. Uh, perfectly because I had just started hitting some success. Uh, me and my wife were not doing well at that time. And so yeah. it was a huge test for us. And, yeah. um, you know, uh, there were what I found myself very early on, I had some initial success. Uh, people knew who I was, but they didn't, everybody didn't knew, know who I was yet. So, so it was a really good time professionally, I guess, 
to to kind of hit rock bottom and realize that I'm becoming somebody that I don't I don't want to be. Yeah. And and that's not who I am. And and so so I came very close to losing my marriage and and uh, very early on. And uh, I talk about it in the book. And, uh, you know, one day, if maybe we're blessed enough to write another book, maybe me and Alyssa will write one together about like the whole experience or whatnot. But either way, uh, it, it was very, very similar on my end. There came a legitimate and literal come to Jesus moment for me where, you know, I, yeah, I had to make a choice is, you know, I'm not a drinker. I'm not a part. Of, that's not who I am. I've never been that person ever. And that's what I was doing. Uh, I was hanging out at all the parties. Yeah, uh, I was yeah. getting invited to all the clubs, all the, you know, all the models and all the this wanted uh. to know me and everything. <laughs> and and it just came down to uh, that was that was this temporary happiness. And then at the end of the night, when I'd go back to the hotel room, I was by myself uh, and just depressed and sad. I spent my 30th birthday, you know, 30, your 30th birthday is like supposed to be a big deal to a lot of people. Sure. I tell everybody that my 30th birthday, I spent it alone in a hotel room with a pizza and a beer. <laughs> been, I've, I've, been, I've been there, except I had some whiskey, not a beer. Yeah. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've, I've been there and yeah, not my 30th. It would have been, I'm not going to say because I'm older than dirt. You guys, <laughs> yeah. But brother, I, I, you know, I, I've, I've been there same down same road and I, I, I feel you. And I, yeah. I'm glad you, I'm glad you came out. I'm glad you realized. And that what I tell guys, you, you realize what's important. Look at family. It's not all this other superficial shit no, that, that the rock songs are all about. And that, I used to think of those rocks and that's such bullshit. And then it, I'm not, and believe me, I'm no Motley Crue or Tom, Tommy Lee wouldn't that sort of, Ooh. that sort of, that sort of life. But I, I was with you. I'm the exact same thing, man. And yeah. you feel like you have to go to these parties. You feel like you have to, you feel like there's an image. There's some image out there you have to maintain. Right. Also, I'm making connections. I got to go meet because you never know who yeah. I might meet tonight or who, right. if I don't go, who I might not meet. And, it's all bullshit, man. And yeah. and then we finally get to be true to yourself and, 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 and but it, it did, it took me off, bro. I, I feel, I feel you. I just, again, I just, and I'm not one up and believe I'm not one up and you. I only do that to Ian. I only one up Ian. <laughs> but, but it's I, easy I, to know, do, man. I'm, I'm yeah. no non-veteran here. Right? You know. But, but you, you know, I, I'm saying it as, as a positive, you, you caught yourself Yeah. where I'm, I know exactly where that point was in my life. And I continued down that road anyway. And I continue, yeah. even knowing like, this is stupid. This is going to end badly. This is going to yeah. end badly. Little Jiminy Cricket kicking me in the head going, you're an yeah. idiot. You're an idiot. Go left, not right, you idiot. Go left, yeah. go left. Make a U-turn, get back. And uh, but but it's good. And I, I want you to reference in the book because you know I've I've written I've been blessed to, to have books out there and and that's one thing I think people need to read, especially if you are and you are a public figure. If to read like, hey, you know what? This dude's been through the same shit that I'm going through right now. Yeah. And this is how he got up. What is his example? People need to see that. And so please, brother, don't ever feel like you yeah, you can't <laughs> reference the book. I do because people, you're going to touch some youngster or some 30-year-old or some old-ass guy like me, some 50-year-old that's going yeah. down that slope. And they're like, all right, I can, I'm can, i going to fix myself. And I know you already have. I know you get get mail saying, you know what, your story, your 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 motivation has helped me get through a tough, tough patch. So uh, no, yeah. bro, I, I, it's good to hear. And I'm glad I'm glad you're able to put it out there for us. And you're willing to t- talk about it on the show. Well, I appreciate it, man. And, and, you know, I truly believe because 
from the point I was when, when, when I hit that point, uh, I, I like to, you know, that this is, we're all competitive in this world a little bit, but, yeah. and, and so I would like to say that I was right around where everyone else was during that time frame, And it was hit or miss. Is this guy going to be a one hit wonder like so many other people are, or is this guy going to have longevity? I truly believe that if I had not turned back to Christ and put God at the front of my marriage, decide, you know what, I've made a lot of mistakes, uh, but, but I'm going to go back and I'm going to choose to make my marriage work and choose my kids. I truly believe that if I had not done that, I think that I would have died out. I, I really yeah. do. I, I really believe that I would have died out because me being me is what has made this whole thing work. And I wasn't being me. Yeah. And um, and people could see through that. I think. Yeah. Yes, I think they the can. public knows authenticity. Maybe not at I first, mean, but eventually, yes. They, oh, they, yeah. they, will, they will sniff it out. Absolutely. And, I always have felt like I'm, you know, you're talking about the networking events and stuff, Chris, and I've never been a guy who likes to go to networking stuff. And at least I've noticed just from like my own career uh, I really stick by that principle of real, recognized, real, as they say. Like when I met Chris, I just could tell genuine person. I would like to think you felt the same way about me. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? And and you kind of know who the people are. They're full of crap that are all yeah. about maintaining an image. Did I'm right. wondering at any point, did you ever say, I don't want to be a public figure anymore. Maybe I'm going to do something else. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, there's a, there were the first, like a, I point to the first year, year and a half because, like I said, the Lord's been good to me. We ran into every gigantic hurdle and just pain that you could run into in the first 18 months. And thankfully, I mean, obviously we had momentum, but we were not where we are now. If we were to hit some of those problems now, it would be catastrophic, if that makes sense. And so, uh, you know, we hit a lot of pain, a lot of hurdles. Um, and thankfully we were able to turn around. And one of the reasons that we were able to do that is again, every, deci every decision I've made doing this stuff on paper doesn't make a whole lot of sense, right? <laughs> uh, you know, people will say when we first got the, uh, the TV deal with, uh, with blaze, um, what I, what I wanted to do, they came to me and they're like, Hey, how do you want to do this thing? Do you want to have the gigantic studios? Do you want to have all this stuff? Or what do you want to do? And there was something that just kept bugging me in the back of my head that kept saying, you know, I had just come out on the other side of choosing my marriage. Me and my wife were making things work, uh, going back to church, God at the front of our lives. Uh, things were changing. And I said, you know, there's something that's just telling me that if we do that right now, too early, we're going to lose people. I said, I really think what we need to do is the exact opposite of that. And I think we need to go back home. And they said, well, what do you mean back home? I, they're like, you are home. I said, no, 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 no. Like back home to middle of nowhere, Mississippi. That's where I think we need to go. We need to go. We need to take this show back to the middle of nowhere so I can recenter myself and and be who I am again. And everybody thought I was the dumbest person <laughs> in the entire. So let me get this straight. You want to go back to Lowndes County, Mississippi. 
All they have is a Walmart there. I mean, like, like, like I'm from the middle of nowhere. And that's like the big town where I'm from. We have a gas station and that's it. <laughs> and so, uh, and I said, yeah, I said that, I think that's what we need to do. So we do it against everybody's better judgment. Uh, and those of you listening to audio, I'm doing the quotation. Yeah, quotes, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, everybody said that we were nuts, but, but there was just something that I felt uh, we just needed to do. So we go to Mississippi and within six months, we grow the show bigger than the Graham Allen everything in six months. We do a billion views in four and a half months on, on the TV show. We become the network's most subscribed uh, show on Blaze and then everything just blows up everything takes off and, and and we change from a gimmick i believe it was that stretch when we went from a gimmick to everybody going oh crap this guy's for real he's not going anywhere <laughs> kind of thing nice and uh that's when we started getting uh you know recognition on fox news and things like that we started becoming regulars there and newsmax and uh oan and all the one american news that's when it really started molding into this more political commentator type thing because people started to finally kind of take us seriously, I guess. Um, and then that's when the podcast idea came up. And the podcast, again, everybody argued with me on the podcast. They're like, okay, we want you to be Glenn Beck. You're going to sit there, you're going to talk <laughs> 30 to 45 minutes into the mic. And then we're going to release it. I said, that's the dumbest idea. I think I said, that's the gayest idea. That's the, <laughs> that's the dumbest idea I've ever heard. I'm not doing it uh, because I don't, I don't, I don't like it. And if I don't like it, I don't think that other people are going to like it because they're going to be able to tell that I missed yeah. it. Yeah. So they said, well, how do you want to do it? I said, I want to make Dear America like a morning talk show. And I, well, what do you mean? I said, I want it to be not just me. I want it to be me and somebody else and then we need a girl i said i think we need a girl on there because we just need a female perspective a lot of our audience is female and then we need a person that can be like my bounce off back and forth They're like well who are you thinking i said jake my producer and Alyssa, my wife and they just about lost their ever loving mind they said you want to put your i can't go as low as they did they're like you want your wife to be on the show and they said it slow just like that now who this was the this was the people at the blaze yeah this was the blaze this was creative team at the blaze so a lot of people don't know when you do tv shows you have like creative yeah. team meetings right they weren't being mean we were just bouncing things back and forth on the creative meetings of like what we think that this should look like and feel what? like why wouldn't again that don't make no sense why wouldn't you're you're supposed to be conservative which they're blaze right you're conservative yeah. you're you believe in christianity you believe yeah. in faith you're stronger let's but we don't want to show a strong partner partnership on a show with a husband and wife it's yeah, that, because, that it's makes because no different. fucking sense it, it's, be, it's because we're different we are not your normal we were so different me and my good buddy chad prather uh, me and chad are really good friends chad chad's been cool <laughs> with me since before I, I i had anything to offer and and one thing about me and chad still with the blaze and and, and me and blaze have a yeah. really good relationship and and i'll get into how all that ended in a minute but um 
me and Chad were anomalies, right? Because normally what happens when you sign with a TV network is normally Sean Hannity, all these gigantic people. Sean Hannity was a radio DJ in the 80s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So (laughs) all these people normally get discovered, right? It's kind of like music back in the day. You find that that diamond in the rough, and then you turn them into these superstars. Dude, that's exact. It's funny. This is exactly what we were saying before. Yeah. I mean, my yeah, yeah. connection with, you know, the Blaze is Andrew Wilkow, and he's very open about it. Andrew Wilkow was the guy who announced strippers at a strip club. Yeah, no problem talking yeah. about it, you know. And and he was a rock DJ, and then he went from yeah. rock to conservative talk, and it's all him. I mean, that's one hundred percent who yeah. he is. And you know, to go back to just what Chris was saying too about. Why would they not be okay with it? At least in my experience, working in radio 14 years, I don't really have TV experience, but there's always those people at the top who I think in the back of their minds, they want to be the person up front. They want to be a radio personality or TV personality. Yeah, yeah, and they very cannot, much so. Yeah, and they can't leave the creative people to be creative. And right. they're not creative people. They're business people. Yeah. Well, again, like, like I said, just just for just for uh, relationship purposes, you know, that me and the Blaze are great, and they weren't mean. Like anybody yeah. who's been in true creative meetings knows that at some point, some people are going to go back and forth with each other, just because yeah. different people have different things. So my my point to it was, I said it's got to be Alyssa, and they said, well, why? I said, because at the end of the day, nobody is going to openly disagree with me like my wife will. You know, my wife is the only one who is, you know, now that it's at this point is not, oh, that's Graham Allen. She's like, yeah, that's Graham. He's being a moron, you know, (laughs) kind of thing. That's when we had my wife on. That's what it was. Yeah. Awesome. (laughs) Yeah. And and we needed that. And, And so anyway, long story short. We ended up doing it my way, and then bam, man, the you know the the good Lord blessed us again. Podcast debuts number ten in the world. Podcast debuts, and and we we are still in. Hang on, I don't even know what we're at. <laughs> hang on, I'm gonna live check it here. Let, live see. check it. Live let's check see, it. Let's see. Let's see where we're at. So we're in news. Let's see here. Uh, oh goodness, where are we? Where are we? We're number seventy two. That's right still now, great though, man. Podcast. I don't know if you guys can see that. Absolutely. No, that's that's huge. We have not is, hit that top 100 in the top charts yet, so that's huge. Yeah, and and so we've been very lucky, man. And and um anyway, so we did that. That took us to Dallas cuz once once the podcast blew up, that took us to Dallas. And this is something for your listeners, we're talking about hurdles and things like that. This is real life business behind the scenes of people that you see all the time. So just because you're having a lot of success doesn't necessarily mean, well, excuse me, just because you're having a lot of success in front of people, what they see doesn't necessarily mean that everything's going the way you want it to go behind the scenes. Right? Yeah. 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 So, so what ended up happening was we started doing really well, but one thing that I've always wanted is I don't want to work for anybody. That's just how I am. I love working with people. I love having partnerships and relationships with other businesses. I love that. And that's part of business. But I don't want to work for somebody. I worked for somebody for 12 years. (laughs) I don't want to work for somebody. And it came time to renegotiate a deal with Blaze. Um, And at the end of the day, we just could not agree 
on what a new deal would look like. And so at the end of the day, we left Blaze because it was business. That's it. No yeah. hard feelings. I still go on their shows. Chad and Sarah and them come on ours. Love the Blaze. Me and Gaston uh, and Tyler, we have a great relationship. Uh, me and Glenn never really talked that much, but when we did, we we, we always had a really good relationship. Um, it was just business, and we wanted to go a different direction, which leads us to where we are now. We own everything. We're 100% independent. We do all of it ourselves. We have a building here. We have a podcast side. We've got the new studio being built for the new show. We got the book out, and so yeah, man, uh, that's business. And and you know, we had to take a leap of faith. We left all the guaranteed money on the table. And, you know, took the jump that we think we can do this ourselves and do it better. And so far, uh, even in the middle of a global pandemic, we find ourselves in, uh, <laughs> you know, we're still rocking and rolling, man. Well, you know, podcast comes out Monday, and Wednesday, every week. I mean, we're, we're just going. That's that's good. No, it, it is right when you can work for yourself and you get to that point where you can make those decisions and you don't have to depend on uh, on someone else. The creative team making those un I still and you can be friends with the blaze I'm not I, I don't I don't give a shit if they like me or not I'm friends with people there now Ian Price kicking going you shut up Donald shut up we, we need to get on the book but I, no, never I don't know, know if they man. would man we're so like apolitical that it just I don't know it would never no worked, I, I I knew I, I I did when Dana this way I I told Ian you know when, when Dana Loesch was over there I did her show a few times did Glenn's show a few times you know um the, the, he's he's on Fox now um business guy i forget his name but he he did a show there a few times but it just never that's not me and and yeah i you know i i said what i needed to say when benghazi came out but i'm not i'm not that no i i'm, I'm right when i'm right but i'm not that right i'm not that right. I, this is and that's not saying it's wrong i'm just i'm just that's that's not me so and and uh and having someone like that or having somebody come what i was getting at is that you being at the confident enough but also be in a position where you can say you know what? I can do this myself. I got enough backing. We yeah. can take care of it ourselves. It it really takes a lot of weight off you. Uh, and but you don't you didn't do it too early. Like we talked about going full circle. You didn't do it early in your career. Right. You did it after you established yourself and well, you we had, had, to the, had the ability. Yeah, yeah, yeah you of course. And, and in business and in life, I think a lot of people they see where other people are at, and they want to automatically jump to that point, and they don't realize the just the horrific dragging through the dirt these people have had to go through to learn how to get to that point right uh, and yeah. so uh you know i learned this lesson uh tonto you know what i'm talking about yeah. i got in <laughs> e, e2 in the military uh going to buy a car that i knew i couldn't afford right? uh, no, no. Oh, do you still owe afi's money what's wrong oh, with yeah. you man, yeah, man. Like, <laughs> the afi's card and all yep. that stuff i remember that and, and so just the other day uh, I even put I didn't put this on my public figure stuff, but I put it on my like my personal Facebook page because it was a big moment for me. For the first time ever, I walked onto a car lot and <laughs> and I was able to not only get myself a new truck that I wanted, but I was able to get my wife the vehicle that she has always said she's wanted ever since we've been married. man. And I just, you know, I was I've been blessed enough and learned enough and. Man, we work stupid hard here. I mean, I mean, we work hard, man. Yeah. And yeah. 
And, you know, before all this crap happened, you know, I'm traveling all the time, getting no sleep. I'm in this state, then I'm over here, then I'm in another state. But we were able to walk on there finally after all this stuff, not in the beginning of all this, three and a half, almost four years later, and walk on a car lot and get the cars that we wanted. We didn't buy Ferraris or anything yeah, like that. Yeah. Not, yeah. not my style. Yeah. But, but the point is, you know, we had to work and we had to learn. Right. Like like we had to learn how to do things the right way. And you see so many people that want what other people have, but they don't want to put in the work. Uh, big shock. You got to work hard to be successful. Man, yeah. I never heard that. I never heard that before. Yeah. <laughs> from, if you from, make from, six <laughs> figures a year, you got to work more than yeah. everybody else, you know. And that's just the truth, man. And, and, and you have to go through some shitty like you said, yeah. there are times where it can get to a point where. Literally, you are you are down on your knees because yep. you've just been beaten down, and you're like, man, what do I do? How am I? How do I get out of this? It's not no idea how to pay how you're going to yeah. pay the bills either because yeah, nah, sponsor yeah. has fallen through or something. Yeah, man, all the time, all the time. Well, it, that's it, real. It, it, it's tough. It, it, I, 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 I do a lot of public speaking. That's my thing now. I, I really this is fun with with Ian. We have a good time. I, I'll be honest. I, that's why I don't go on the news anymore. That's why I don't. I don't like the TV. It's not me. I don't enjoy it. I didn't enjoy it when I was doing it. The only thing I enjoyed on TV, honestly, was when I did that sunglass commercial. That was the only time <laughs> I had fun because they let me have fun. They're yeah. like, hey, hey, can you be a? And really, was it? Hey, can you be a jackass and ham this up? And I'm like, here, hold my beer. You have no yeah, idea. Why, yeah, watch <laughs> this. But, but that's why. But the speaking is fun because I can reach people. But you're talking about hard work. I have people come up to me and say, hey, I, I got I, I want to be a speaker. I can't. How can I do it? I'm like, guys, you got to get out there and do it for free for a lot yeah. of years. Get out there and do it and then work your way up to five hundred dollars and still give them everything you got. Walk off that stage that you feel like you've just given a life, a year of your life away to that crowd because of what you put in your heart and soul into it. And then eventually, if you're lucky. If the right speaking bureau sees you, if you get in front of the right crowds, if you, you don't have an off night, and you say something that that you shouldn't because you can make one slip of the tongue up there on stage. And oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Corporations like, whoa, wait a second. All over the we news. Don't, yeah. We don't, <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, I, like, yeah, I've been there, too. Believe me. I, or I'm going to choke out, choke out the former President Obama. I remember that was there. That's that's still the <laughs> main thing. If you, I remember if you that. Start, I remember start, that. Yeah. That was a 9-11. I mean, and I told Pete Hegseth, you asked me the question, dude. If you're afraid of my answer, don't ask me the questions anymore. Yeah. And that was the last time I actually did Fox and Friends in the morning, the last time. But uh, what I'm saying is that you, you put in the work, and I had to put in the work. And I and I, I, I had, and that really was hard. It's hard to go up there, especially if you're talking about a scenario where you see your friends lose your life and trying to use that as a, as a teaching point, lessons learned for leadership. So you're trying to make that story positive. Even though there's so many negative things that took place, it takes a lot off your life. But then doing it for free, but working your way up eventually to where, yeah, I, I am at a point where yeah, I do a lot of corporate speaking. Granted, not right now because the whole city of the whole country's canceled. So, yeah. all, but it, it, you you hit the nail on the head. You you put that time and you put the hard work in and you do it for nothing. Yeah. So hopefully, eventually. If I work hard enough and if the stars align right and if I have faith because faith increases your luck, it's a ama it's amazing how that this coincides yeah. that I, 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 might, I might make it where I need to where I can. Yeah, I can. I can pay off my house. I can go and I said, bro, I had the same feeling with with with, you know, my wife uh, my, when we reconciled. I, hey, I was like, she her car was just beat up and I'm like, hey, what do you want? And I could just say, hey, 
it wasn't, Hey, this is the parameters. This is what we need to stay in. It was, yeah. what, what do you want? And granted we're in, we're in Nebraska. We don't drive Ferraris either. Yeah. But it yeah. was, it's a nice feeling to have that, man, maybe all this hard work, all this suffering that I've gone through is finally paying off because I, not because I made her me smock. So I went and bought me something. Cause I still am driving the same truck I've driven forever, yeah. but I made her smile. It just putting a smile on her face that, that, that she, she deserved yeah, I, I get it, man, and that that's a that's a great story. Is that is that a little bit stuff like that in your book too? Well, th- well, that part's not in the book because that just happened, like <laughs> like two oh, or three weeks just, ago. That's nice. awesome. Yeah, awesome. yeah. So yeah, awesome. so that that particular story, I'll save it for the next book. For so, the next book, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So so this book, man, I'll tell you what. If I may talk about uh, America three sixteen. Yeah, we want to hear about it, of course. Uh, I, I'm excited about this book because I think it's going to be. A lot different than people are expecting it to be. Uh, obviously, like anybody's first book, uh, you know, that wasn't in Benghazi. <laughs> in no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I, I talk about, you know, how I became this person that people think that they know. And so I literally take people from from my childhood all the way up. Uh, there's one chapter about the military in there and, and Tonto, I think you'll like this. I call it not your average war story. And so, uh, you know, basically I, I say, uh, the other 99%, you know, because every Navy SEAL, Dan Crenshaw, I make fun of him all the time. Every Navy SEAL in the world, apparently I thought they were supposed to be an elite group. There's like thousands of them that come out with books now. And yeah. you know, you got, you got all these SOCOM community guys, and I was just a normal dude. So I'm like, this is this is what it's like to go to war for everybody else. For everybody, <laughs> uh, for, for, keep, keep, keep going, keep going. I'm, I'm loving oh, this. No. And so, so that's one chapter in the book. And then I talk about meeting Alyssa, and then I talk about our issues, and then I talk about how I accidentally stumbled into all this stuff. But then what I do is it turns into this commentary type thing and to where basically like some of the biggest things that people know me for uh i I basically talk about those big things those big moments and i say you know well now that you have the backstory now you know why i even spoke up about this in the first place and let me tell you what it's actually like to speak your mind in america because when you speak your mind about things you believe i think i even say in the book you know everybody believes in something when they're surrounded by other people that believe the same thing, yeah. it's a completely other thing to say something that you know you're just going to get obliterated, <laughs> right? And, and so, you know, I talk about it. Uh, when the Gillette commercial came out and I responded to it, and the next thing I know, there's a picture of me and my kids plastered all over the front page of Yahoo. We're in freaking Australia. We were the most racist and abusive family for a week. And uh, it, it was, just, I mean, it was awful, man. It's brutal. And, and, you know, I talk about all of that. I even talk about churches in there, which I cannot wait for that firestorm to hit. But, uh, you know, we talk about churches and the issues that I currently have with these major mega churches. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, where are these spiritual leaders? Uh, not the mom and pop churches, like not the not the churches you grew up with in your small hometown. I'm talking yeah. about these mega churches that have reached to millions of people at any point, but they're silent when we've got people wanting to uh, do late term post birth abortions. Where are you? 
You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like where, where's your voice during these times? I can't wait till that part comes out. That'd be uh, awesome, man. I I think people are going to be excited because this is going to show a totally different backstory to you because just from watching your stuff, this is atypical of the, of the usual interview you do, and it's more you talking about political issues of the day. So I think people do want to know the man behind what they watch. It's going to be, uh, you know, I, I didn't have the most crazy childhood, but I definitely did not have the uh, the the dull childhood either. And so I'm excited for people to read it. Uh, everybody from my hometown is super pumped because nice. nobody knows where what caledonia mississippi is and so everybody <laughs> super excited uh that, that people are going to know what caledonia mississippi is so so uh, i think there's going to be some people that hate the book i i i know it, it comes with the territory of pretty yeah. much everything that i do there's going to be people that hate it there's going to be people that tear it apart uh there's going to be some people that agree with all of it there's going to be some people that agree with some of it but 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 my ultimate goal is i really feel like in this book there's going to be a part in there that somebody goes yeah that's me or wow that 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 happened to me or wow that's exactly how i feel about this and and that's what i'm looking forward to is that we've all had struggles we've all had heartbreaks we've all had you know terrible things happen to us in one way or the other um you know it's what we do with all that 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 defines who we are in the end and so uh, and then another thing i'm excited for my kids not to read it now they're too young but but, but when they get older you know a book man a book is like that that's like a forever thing right you know like like you get to put i wrote this book like i'm never going to get another chance to write another one because nice. uh, once they read it, I don't know if they're going to let me do it again. And so, uh, you know, one day my kids will be able to maybe get a better idea of, you know, not who dad was, but who Graham, their dad was, you know. And, and so yeah. that's exciting, too, uh, to think about later on down the road. Who, who's, sure. who, who's your public who's publishing it? Are you self-publishing? Your- uh, so so we had multiple offers from Simon and Schuster and a couple yeah. other people. Yeah. But again, with me, I I didn't want people all up in my business on how I wanted to do things. So so we have self-published this book and we've already, you know, again, thanking the Lord for this. We've already pre-sold enough copies that now we have the, the same publishers coming back to us again, wanting to basically, you know, yeah. buy the book from us kind of thing. But uh, but we're doing it all ourselves, which I'm super proud of. Um, and, uh, yeah, who knows, maybe the next book I'll sign with somebody maybe, uh, but, but, but we just operate under a whole different mindset these days. Like nowadays it used to be, oh, we got to get a deal. Oh, we have to be seen by these people. Oh, we got to get a, now it's a, yeah. Just yeah. do it ourselves and then make everybody else come to us kind of thing. And so, so that's kind of how we operate these days. Yeah, that's the way to go, man. You know what I wanted to ask you about? I just wanted to make sure we hit on this because I was curious about it, and I think other people will be too. When you started the Daily Rants, which I started seeing all over my Facebook feed like everybody (laughs) else, was it just something that you wanted to do on your spare time that you thought people would enjoy? Was there a master plan of like, I am going to do this. This is going to be my job. There was, it goes back to Tonto's going to laugh. There was a push in recruiting command that we needed to have social media pages to relate to the kids that we were going oh, into. So you were still, I don't mean to cut you off, you were still no. in at the time? 
the first couple of videos, yes, I was still. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. so my very first viral video hit in August of 2016. From August of 2016 till November the 1st, we made all kinds of videos and started gaining a little bit of traction. And right in that time frame, I either had to re-up or get out in December. And so, so, <clears throat> so yes, I was active duty. Um, and then the success we had led to me making the jump to get out of active duty and to, uh, yeah. to give okay. it a shot, right? Yeah. Which everybody thought I was crazy for, but, you know, kind of thing. Anyway, <laughs> um, but, but no, it was a total accident. And I'm very honest about that in the book. There was no grand plan. There was no anything. I created an Instagram account because uh, all the kids were on Instagram back then. <laughs> and, uh, you know, me and my buddy, uh, his name was Smiley. Uh, he's a drill sergeant and he was on recruiting duty with me. We started just, you know, goofing around. He's black guys, white guy. I was like, what if we made this video like in the van trying to like pick music or something? And so I picked like this hillbilly thing and he picks this rap song. <laughs> you know? and, and so, so, so we were just, we were just kind of messing around a little bit. And then one day I was at the corner of Paramandary Road in South Carolina. That's how I ended up in South Carolina. I was assigned there. MEPS was Fort Jackson. So I was yeah. recruiting in Clemson territory, Nikki Haley territory. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and then we drove down to Fort Jackson for MEPS. Um, anyway, this old woman runs me off the road because she couldn't drive. And... <laughs> <laughs> and just for some reason that day, I was like, man, I had the social media account. I was going to make a little back then. Instagram was 15 seconds. That was it. That's all you had. And so I just made a little 15 second clip about old people that don't know how to drive. And that was the very first rant, if you will. There was no Dear America yet. It was not none of that stuff. It was the most basic thing you've ever seen. And that was the very first one. And people on Instagram were like, oh, that's super funny. All oh, that's super this. And then somebody said on Instagram, they're like, you know, you should really put this on Facebook because Facebook, you can share things. And <laughs> and and I was like, oh, you know, yeah, that's a good idea. So that's what I did. Somebody else told me on comments that I don't even know who they are. They said, hey, dummy, you need to put this on Facebook because people can share it. So that's what I did. So middle of August, I create this Facebook page, no followers. Like, I, I think I taught like a thousand people to go from Instagram to the page. And then I dropped this video uh, and it takes off and, and all the algorithms, all the everything, none of it makes sense. Took off, did like 7 million views or something like that. And at this point, I'm thinking, dang, I'm famous at this point. <laughs> Uh, now I know that anybody can go viral once. Right. And, and so, uh, anyway, smiley, I owe a lot to smiley cause he was kind of giving me a hard time. He's like, that's awesome, but it means nothing if you can't do it again, you know, kind of, you know, digging at me kind of thing. And I was like, well, watch this. And so <laughs> it started off as a gimmick, man. I, I, I was making fun of like people in the gym. I was making fun of at the time, the, uh, the chip in the debit cards and how nobody knew how to use them. Uh, people of Walmart, I mean, all kinds of stuff. It was a gimmick. And then the Colin Kaepernick thing happened the first time, the very first time. And it pissed me off, you know, and, and you know, we can sit here and debate me and Dakota Meyer don't necessarily agree about this. I mean, he's a Medal of Honor recipient. Uh, you know, I love Dakota, uh, <coughs> but, 
but you know, he is all for the right of it. And of course I am too. Like, of course I, you know, I agree. Of course he has the right. Do I still think he's a piece of garbage for it? Yeah, <laughs> I do. And, and you know, and that's just me. I hate it. I hate everything well, about it. You, you picked a good band. I picked the wrong, he picked, that's the wrong sentence. What, what are you kneeling for the flag for? You're saying the flag yeah. represents police. Push? So the flag is just about police. Nothing else. Flag's not yeah. about veterans. Uh, my thing, I, 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 I disagree. You have the right to your first amendment, right? But you're an idiot because you picked the wrong symbol, dude. And honestly, yeah. if that was planned out to do it that way, just to spit in the face of America, even though you've been given gifts after gift oh, after yeah. gift, oh, I, I, I actually, yeah, we could probably do a whole other podcast. Oh, no, well, so I'm gonna leave good. that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let. I'm not gonna start going down that rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. I, I, I did a little bit already when we had Nate on, Boyer. Yeah. So uh, keep yeah, going, though. Yeah, keep yeah, going, bro. Keep, yeah. I, 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 keep going, man. Yeah. Well, anyway, so 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 that was the first time that I did a rant about something that was that was truly going on right that second that I felt truly passionate about. And and I accidentally said I used to when I did the videos, I would say, dear bad drivers or dear fitness people or dear banks. Right. I, I would always say, dear, whatever subject I was talking about. And so this time, just by accident, I just said, dear America, this first time. And the rest is kind of history after that, man. Dear America kind of became this this thing. And, uh, you know, it's the name of the podcast now. It's it's been around for, you know, since the beginning, pretty much. And uh, it went from, hey, you're really funny to, hey, you should talk about this next or, hey, have you seen this or have you heard about that? And um, anyway, I took a jump November 1st. I let the army know I'm not re-upping. Um, and November the 8th, Donald Trump gets elected president and I drop a video and it blows up and the rest is kind of history after that. So God Dude, damn, that's that such a cool story. I'm feeling so old because you guys are not like Facebook, like it was uh, like it was just. Yesterday, I'm thinking, man, I think I was on MySpace when all that shit was going on. <laughs> I don't think I even knew what Facebook and Instagram It's like Facebook had just started. Like, holy shit, there was an Instagram. I'm older than anything. Because that's, yeah. that's the thing that popped in my head. MySpace, man. Should I even interrupt him and talk about my... No, there I go. I'm talking I about MySpace. I do too. I do too. Because Facebook was originally just college kids. That's what exactly. it was, man. Because yeah. I, I was on there at the original Facebook. You know, if you guys watch that movie yeah, on it. Facebook, yeah. You know, it, yeah. and it, it, what's 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 hard and, and again blessings and luck and timing. Now it, it's so to do even to get a following like it would blowing up and you're doing great things with with and work what i like is your work ethic man whether i agree with everything you and i are probably going to agree on most of the stuff we talk about there's nobody agrees 100 percent on everything but, but now facebook just controls instagram controls the posts going mm -hmm. out there there is there's there's shadow banning but there's also i think there's also more they've realized wait a second holy crap if we let these things go viral everywhere we're losing out a lot of money so i i, yeah. I see people say yeah we get shadow banned because they're conservative i was like well i honestly i don't think we're getting shadow banned i just think they just want you to pay for those those posts and to get them mm -hmm. out there so so i now their twitter twitter's shadow bans the shit i i don't like that guy jack i you know he did for yeah. me when i was on but I also think that you, when you hit it at a, you hit it at a great time where, where really it was. And I, when I was first started and I hit it, yeah, you didn't have to pay to get that, get that exposure. 
it's harder now. It, it really it is harder for for people to break into it, 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 it because because you do have to spend a little money. And, hey, there's nothing wrong. For, I, don't don't claim the 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 Democrats aren't capitalist pigs either. Look at yeah. Facebook and Instagram, and that's <laughs> making money right there. So I, I'm you hit it at a good time, but you had a great idea. And again, but it always comes back to, I think, that you worked your ass off. Oh, and, and that's, yeah, that's for the, sure. That's what made you successful. When man. we first started this stuff, I was probably gone three weeks out of the month, every month. Gone. Like, gone, gone. Not just yeah. working, like, like gone. Traveling yeah. somewhere. Uh, you know, SHOT Show. I would be, I would not oh. only be at SHOT Show the entire time. <laughs> I would be at the, oh, God, what's the name of that? Army Marine thing that comes on before there, where they show all the gear and stuff. Oh, anyway, the, um, yeah, yeah, the, not the Sofic. That's a uh, Nick Deal. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I don't remember, yeah, but but I that know. would be like three or four days yeah. event yep, before. Yep, yep, yep. I would before. be in Vegas for ten straight nights, working the whole time. Hi, I'm Graham Allen. I do this, 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 and this, blah, 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 blah. Right? Like, like I mean, you know, the uh, Great American Outdoors is like 27 freaking days long. I would yeah. be there sick as a dog trying to just get my name out there. And then I'd have to hop on a flight to Dallas to be on uh, back when Tommy was at. at, at yeah, at, Tommy was at the Blaze. Yeah, yeah you know, and, and I mean, that's just part of it, man. I would, when I first started trying to get in on Fox News, this is another thing people don't realize. You got to work for this crap, man. When I first started getting on Fox News, I finally got a producer's email. Finally got a producer's email. And I would just write them and I'd say, Somebody told me they're like, the only way they're going to let you in the first time, unless something big happens, like to you specifically. Like ben, like, ben, like Benghazi. Like Benghazi. <laughs> no go. offense. <laughs> I would rather not have to go through that to get on my- No, I do. Yeah. <laughs> I, no, there, no, there's, there's nothing, bro. There's not, that's part of my life. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, it's like, it's like, hey, attack us tonight because I want to get on Fox News. It's yeah. not like I did that shit. Yeah, it just, yeah, ha- yeah. it just, it just happened. And, and you, you you make you make lemonade out of lemons. So no, there, you, you it, when people say something negative about it, or like oh you you just you, you know what I tell fuck you. You think <laughs> I wanted to watch Tyrone get blown the fuck up? Yeah, man. It, just so I could get on the news. Yeah. Like you guys could get so that no brother. You, but it, it the truth you got to be truthful. That it's real. Yeah. That, is there any other reason? I had no inclinations to be on Fox or anybody else. Would I even want to be? No, I wouldn't be in the position I'm at now if that hadn't happened. Also, if I would have curled up in a little ball, ball and, and, you know, cried myself to sleep for the rest of my life either, I wouldn't have been in that position to do right. where I'm to be. Where, so, no, but you you don't have to offend me. And it, we can joke about it because that's me. I joke about yeah. damn near everything, no matter how horrific it is. So, yeah. so no, no, keep going, Brad. You never, never think that you're offending me. And if you do. You know what I'm going to do, Graham. I say, go kiss my ass, Graham. Keep going. I don't give a shit what you say. So uh, keep going, man. Keep going. Anyway, I, I, got, I got the email from the producer, and somebody told me they're like, they're like you just got to show up. You just got to tell them that you're there. And, you know, if they can work you in somewhere that day, you know, you would love to. So that's what I did. A lot of people don't realize the first couple times I ended up on Fox News, it's because I literally wrote the producer, and I was like, hey, I'm going to be in Manhattan freaking – the 12th through the 13th, uh, I would tell him I'm going to be there for other business anyway. So if they have any spots open to talk about something, I would love to do it. And what I would do is I would literally buy a plane ticket and then I would get a hotel room right there in Times Square, yeah. not knowing if I was going to get on Fox <laughs> or not. Oh, and 
and and I would just kind of take that chance. And, and, and so the first couple times I ended up on Fox was just pure horseshoe up my butt kind of thing. Like, I, I, like, <laughs> like I'm on the flight, still hadn't heard anything from him, land at LaGuardia, and I've got an email back saying, hey, uh, can you be in the studio at like 630? And bam, I'm in. And, uh, and that's what I would do. And, and I would literally go straight from LaGuardia to my hotel. I'd go grab like a slice of pizza from Sabaros, right across Sabar. the Crown Plaza, <laughs> yeah. right across from the Crown Plaza in yep. Times Square, and then I'd go right back up to my room and get ready to get up early in the morning to do the hit. I'd do the hit. I'd go right back to the airport. I'd go home, and <laughs> and 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 that was it. That was the whole trip. And people don't see that. Like they don't see how draining that kind of crap is all the time, just oh, to try Lord. to get yeah. that relationship going. To where now they'll let me just Skype in and it looks yeah. like garbage because it's Skype and all this stuff. And I don't care because we've been doing it for so long now. But but that's what you got to do. People just think that one day Fox, people at Fox are going to see you and they're going to reach out to you and be like, oh, my God, you're so awesome. You know, uh, we would we would be honored for you to come on the show. That's not. how. No, nah, no. Nah, yep, 100%. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, head, man. You know, Kate Hyde, who we had on the show, the way she got on Fox is she lives right around me. And the thing is, you, you got to be in the area. You yeah. got to make that presence known. So anyway, the um the book, once again, is America 316. Mm-hmm. Comes out July 28th. Pick it yep. up on the website. Uh, Twitter is at Graham Allen underscore one on Instagram at Graham Allen one. Check out the Dear America podcast. And this has been awesome, man. This has been a really good long form interview. And it's funny, whenever we have someone on like you, I think uh, it might be surprising that we don't really get into politics, but I think people <laughs> enjoy hearing this other side of people. Well, believe it or not, I I, I do have conversations that are not politics. <laughs> exactly. Uh, uh, most, most of the time, I you know, but, 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 but politics the truth of the matter is I tell everybody that's like, oh, I just can't I just can't talk about politics. Well, then well, then you're denying real life is what you're doing, For because sure. politics is is the world. I mean, that that is what's happening in the world. Nothing pisses me off more than when people are like, I don't have a TV. I don't have social media. I don't have anything. Well, how the crap do you know who you're going to vote for? Like, like, where are you where are you doing your research on what's going on? who these candidates are, the bills and the plans that they're trying to pass. How do you, you're irresponsible, just to be honest. And, and you know, that's just how I feel. Politics is important. Uh, should it take over your whole life if it's not your job? Absolutely not, because it's a freaking nightmare. But uh, you can't avoid it because we're all adults here. You're a grown man or woman and you need to, you know, you need to sack up pretty much and, and pay attention to what's going on in the world. Yeah, man. This has been a good discussion. Uh, great yeah. having you on, man. Yeah, guys. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. No, good job. Good job, brother. We'll we'll see you maybe at next year's shot show, man. If you if, <laughs> maybe. if I have to if I have to go, if you have to go, we'll at least high five in the hallway, and then I go back to my room and hide out like I usually do. There we so, go. Sounds all right, good, buddy. Man. Hey, t- tell the family hi, man, and and give your wife hugs. She's got her work cut out for her as usual. Yeah, I will. Man. <laughs> I will. All right, you guys be blessed. All right. Thanks, man. I'll have all this right, up bro. on Monday, and I'll I'll shoot it over to you guys. Okay. Sounds Thanks. good, man. Later. All right. Bye. Dude, I, I have to say, as we're, uh, you know, wrapping up from that interview, that went uh, way better than I was expecting. Not that I was expecting yeah. it not to go good, but you and I have said it basically off air. The favorite people that we like having on are the people who are entirely candid. <laughs> and I can tell 
he is very secure with who he is as a person and he's able well, to talk about any you know downfalls he had and, and those are my favorite interviews well yeah, you, you, you have to be man if, if you can't talk about your failures then what are you i you know he, he talks he says you know if you can't get into poly i you know and that's something i'll, I'll never agree with with grandma because <laughs> I, I give two fucks about politics but being mashed in the middle of it and having a and seeing the inner workings from the angle i was at but that being said you you, he, you know with, with him and we could we'll disagree to it with that on things but it won't sour our relationship on on because I, I you know i think i maybe not a let on that him and i actually closer and probably what i I, yeah, I didn't even realize that I, I, I as far as i knew you never met the guy so no, we we no we've met and now we're, we're we're friends just like i'm friends with john burke even though burke's doing different things you know that's i got to know graham through john burke and i john's a great guy so is his wife laura whether you like his politics or his sayings or not I, he's another guy that we should get on the show because he's just that's like right. graham as far as well he's just gonna say what's on his mind who gives a shit what you think he doesn't care um uh, granted, I, as I'm getting older, I've learned to have a little bit more of a filter than when I was 30. I see a lot of myself in Graham when I was 30 than now when I'm 50. And I'm sure, yeah, as you grow older, you'll, you, you, you do, you, you still have that vigor. You just have a filter that you learn to process things a little bit more. Um, it, 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 you just, you just not sensitive. It's just, you just a little softer. And you really do. And then I'll hit 70 and I'll be the grouchy Clint Eastwood on the porch with my shotgun going, get off my lawn, you you little whippersnappers. But- I mean, I, th- I think the way that he is, though, has made him, you know, to be the, the guy that we know. I think that if he didn't approach things the way that he did, he might not have had the following that he does. You know what I mean? Well, well, like when I course. hang out with Wilkow, he's he's on... 10 at all times he he he's actually the opposite how graham was like oh i'm quiet i'm usually the guy in the background if you've hung out with andrew and you've heard him on air that's him at all times all right and yeah i and if he wasn't that way he wouldn't be where he is and, and i could actually tell you i once gave a um demo of mine right to andrew and to his old producer nick rizzuto and they were like they're like this is good man but you got to have something where you're just like really hammering a liberal really getting into it and i'm like I don't know. That's just not really my style. Yeah. And I think yeah. Graham's style works for him. Everybody yeah. has like, no, you're I right. Watch Tommy Lahren and be like, I'm not into this. It's not for me, but she's obviously doing something right. Well, it, it, she'd be another good one. I mean, we'll reach out to Tommy and she, she'll get on the show. I, I'm, she's, she, she's a very nice person. Um, I don't always agree with her politics again, but um, what she does though, is she is a tremendous role model, not because of the politics, but because of the adversity she's went in to become successful at her age, I think she's a tremendous role model for for young ladies out there and, you know, everybody, but specifically young ladies, because she she's she's done a lot and been through. I'm sure there's some some dark stories that she has that she's had to go through being in television, being uh, an outspoken conservative, especially uh, in the and she is a millennial being that and and that she's overcome and still still succeeded graham's the same way graham is 30s 30s millennial right or am i am i dating uh, myself apparently so, my well school? graham's graham's like me he's 33 so we're that, both are, you 33. are you millennials i You're think we right? technically are but you know what it is I, I i still feel like we're some something else because when i think of millennial and i could be off even though you know yeah technically we are i think of people who never grew up uh without an inter- internet i think if you grew up without the internet you're it's a little bit different. For okay. You, I think. And, and you, you, I, I can't argue with you. Cause I, 
I don't know. All I know is I'm going to say that genre. I think of a specific person, how difficult it is at that age to be conservative. I don't think anymore, but you could say three or four years ago. It depends on the region, though. You know what I mean? I think a lot of that is is the New York, L.A. centric media because they they they're not from Montana. If you grew yeah. up in Montana, I think everybody, I think it'd be rare to be a, you know, PC liberal, yeah. wouldn't yeah, it? I mean, yeah, no, no, you're, you're right. I, I, that's why that's the, up for discussion. I guess I'm, I'm, I'm leaving an open-ended discussion here. Cause I, I don't, I don't know, but getting back to Tommy and Graham, what I'm saying is that at the time that, that they've, that they were speaking out, um, no, they, they I would say that probably a lot of the country, especially being in television, being in television, they weren't. They were they came up against obstacles because they weren't speaking things that people wanted to hear. To, so to me, having their stories and knowing their stories is not what their their outlook views are politically. It's that they can't ran into obstacles. And at that age, you know, in your twenties, being called whatever names you're being called, whether it's on the internet or on the phone or text, or and still sticking to your guns and still overcoming whatever that obstacle was. And like I said, not just overcoming it and being resilient, but when you hit the ground after you've overcome that obstacle, you're off and running, which means that you're being basically, you're, you're just, you're not letting it stop. You're not that you're just overcoming it. You're, you're actually making it better. You're bettering yourself by your, when you hit off that you're, you're running and you're going to succeed even more because you got more fire. I think that is what resonates and people should hear. Um, and I think we could learn that whether you're conservative or liberal, if, if you have that, that vigor to, stick to your guns and be successful with it and find your niche. Everybody can learn that because it's overcoming adversity. It's overcoming adversity and it's becoming successful even in the face of negativity and, and negativity. And even if you're being in the minority, because what you're saying is not well received by the majority of America, but you still stick to your guns and you're still successful. To me, that's, that's a hell of a story, whether you're liberal or whether you're conservative. And I think that's what Graham has done. And we threw Tommy in the mix because I, I think she's done that as well. But Graham, because of our guests on the show, definitely he's done that. And and people are hearing it too, brother, that yeah, he's, again, a genuinely nice guy um, and family man. I love that he's a Christian and and um, politics or not, he's, you can just tell he's just he's, he's a good person. I I really believe that he's a good person. And if he proves me wrong, well, (laughs) we can talk about it on one of the shows. But from what I've known, I think he's a very, very good person and a good family man. And that that means more than anything to me as far as not the political aspect. Yeah, absolutely. So um, before uh, I forget, because I said we're going to get to it in the uh, in the intro when I got to it, I didn't want to ignore yours. I want to hear oh, at least off the, the top rocks. red. Yeah. What would what would, ta- what would Tonto's uh, top five <coughs> well, rock singers be? I say it's it. not like who's the best. Like when I have yeah. you know Axl Rose in there, he might not technically be the best singer. He's a favorite singer of mine. Well, no. well, well, mine and this is not the alternative Howard Jones. This is oh, kill, awesome. kill kill switch engage man. And he's great. You know, and, and he does. I I love I love. So wait, his voice. number because we're, we're all out of order here. Well, 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 we'll just put him at number five. We'll put him at number five. We'll put him at number five. But he could very well be all. I think you can interchange any of these people. Uh, but Howard, jo- but you know, it, it, it's 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 weird too because he he very well. If um and I forget who the other you know you and Pat Mack would be kicking my butt right now, but the singer that they had prior to him that passed away, and he well, actually took over the 
took no, over. No, he, he didn't pass away. He's actually back in the group, uh, Jesse Leach. Was it Jesse Leach? I thought, I see, yeah. there you go. You you and Pat can make fun of me on yeah, that. Yeah, believe it or not, Howard Jones, I have no connection with him, but he'd be an interesting person to have on the show. Oh, I'd love him. Yeah. And well, the reason why is because at the height of Kill Switch Engage's um, fame, he went through a horrible depression where he's like, I don't want to do this anymore. He oh, left. I didn't know that. Yeah, and they brought that. back Jesse Leach, who's still singing with them. Yeah, it, but when you, I'll be on. No, no offense, Jesse, but when I hear Kill Switch Engage, it just again, I, I go back to that. It's just more soul. There's more soul, but you see, still got that scream in him that you need as a rock singer. It's funny because I'm a I'm a Jesse Leach guy, but they're both they're both great. But, see, uh, I, I love, but my, my all right, next, so that's number five, uh, brother. We talked about it. You, he, he growls a lot when he's with Slipknot, but. It, the dude can sing. The dude's got some pipes. That's Corey Taylor, man. Corey Taylor can sing. Um, I, I, I really, um, Le, uh, the, uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right. Uh, I already seven know De- what you're talking about. I'm seven Des yeah. Wither Witherspoon. Again, yeah. another one that, that can sing. That's got octaves, man, that can sing. Just tremendous. And then, I don't know if I should put him number one or number two, but I, I just, I don't know how you can keep Rob Halford off. I, I Yeah, I, I really don't know. If that's, but I, I'm gonna say Rob Rob Halford to me is my number number one, um, and then um, the he he used to be the lead singer for Mudvayne. Now he's the lead singer for for Hell Yeah, and when he's not growling and he's actually singing, dude, I, he's got he's got some octaves, man. And that's Chad Gray. Nice, and, nice, and a good list. Uh, bro, and I love Hell Yeah, and you know that's the we talked about that one on Pat Max episode, but we got that uh. You know that 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 uh, all-star team with Hell Yeah, but when Chad Gray was with Mudvayne, man, and even with Hell Yeah, you know, Welcome Home is a great song. If you want to hear him sing, listen to Welcome Home. But um, dude, that the, the dude can sing, and and but he can also rock, and all these guys can rock as well. But you're you know that can be interchangeable too, man. You really can. I mean, you could Phil Labonte, the 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 now of Phil Labonte, you know, and but also two weeks. I still think two weeks is probably the greatest rock song still out there by all that remains. Nice. Dude, Phil Labonte can sing, man. He he can growl, but and I don't know how because he he smoked. I, and I know Phil. Phil's a tremendous guy, great guy, and to you know just just a good dude. He and he's in the gym working out all the time, and he smokes a little bit. I'm like, how can you sing like that? And so I just don't get it. But he he pulls it off. And uh, so Phil, I Phil's always in there. But it just depends on the song what he's singing. But Phil, if he's got to be growling, he's gonna growl. But the, the the latest episode, he's got some ba- you know he's got some power ballads in there and all that. You, remains. Mean, you mean the latest album? The latest album. When was the latest <laughs> album that Phil did with the, the, Oh, I don't know. No, but you said latest episode. Oh, episode. Sorry, latest album that they did. Um, yeah, and I I was watching videos while I was down in my basement. Um, you know, I turn on the videos and watch rock videos while I'm working out in my basement. I got TV. I don't remember the name of the song. I'm sorry, guys, but I know it's the latest album because it was 2020 was when it when it the the info came up on it, and it was a ballad, like a power ballad, and the dude can still sing. And what is it? You know, he's in his 40s now. So yeah, two but two weeks is still. I'm not talking about songs. I'm talking about I'm not talking about singers now. Um, still two weeks after all these years, that's a song I used to listen to in Iraq in early 2000s before we go out the gate. That song can still rock. Cause that came on after that song still can rock up there with the new ones from, from, from hell. Yeah. And slipknot and, and five finger death punch. So 
Uh, man. So but anyway, I'm, now we're going on a tangent to rock bands. Let's say no, that that's for cool, episode. man. We'll, we'll definitely episode. get him on. Um, and there's other rock guys I want to get on the show. Uh, like uh, we were talking about before. Uh, Got to get yeah, corn. That what yeah, is Dave, David Silvera, the hell, original yeah. from corn. He uh, he's very politically in line, you know, with us. Uh, he'd be a cool guy to have on. And then uh, Jimmy Allen, who was the original songwriter in Puddle of Mud. He's a fan wow. of the show. Dude, so. Blur- blurry, yeah, dude. Those oh, songs, and that's song. what that's corn and puddle of mud, funky monkey out there in Fort Lewis. That's what we had on at the Ranger uh, at the uh, our, or the Ranger Gym or the Ranger Fitness Center because we all had battalion. Army has their own gyms. Battalion, we have our own gym there at 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 the 75th, that second Ranger Battalion, so the other battalions. And there was a radio station. It's not up anymore. It's called the Funky Monkey, and it's out of Seattle. So we're in the Northwest, and that was during the grunge era. So that's all you know. You ever had puddle of mud that was playing on corn of course corn's killing it jonathan davis still with i don't know how he does that he does that little grumble voice <laughs> yep. one of the, but you know that that's the stuff that i when i was serving that i listened to and that was on constantly and those guys i love i, I that's the music i grew up on so if they came on the show you have no idea i'm not starstruck but i would completely be You're honored out yeah, I, because that's what that's it brings back memories. And sorry about the airplane, guys, if you can hear it out there. I don't know. Um, you sound fine. Yeah, it's because it brings back great memories of when I was growing up and learning to be really in the special ops community because I was a young private at Ranger Battalion. And, and and it really resonates that sort of grunge rock and even the rock nowadays. It really does go hand in hand with the 75th Ranger Regiment, to be honest with you. So it really brings back memories, not just the music is great. It's just, I mean, I, I can remember when I heard the song, where I was at and what I was doing, what was going through my head. And then it just continued on to when I was deploying all the time. So, yeah, it, it just, it, it makes me smile. I'm smiling right now talking about it. Yeah, awesome. mu- music really does take you back yeah. to a specific time. It's cool. I'm doing that on Instagram. If people haven't followed us, follow us at Battleline Podcast. I'm doing yeah. that. 31 day music challenge on our thing, which is kind of cool where it's just, uh, you know, this is a song like today, this is a song that reminds you of summer and and you're putting up different songs. So I figured it'd be fun to be a little interactive with that. And we're gaining a good following on Instagram. The Facebook has already been growing like crazy. And and hopefully this Graham thing puts things over the top. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a little, I'm not gonna lie. I'm a little envious of that setup. He has, he has a very nice setup there that he did on his own. Well, you know, talk to Tom a little bit. Maybe I'll invest a little bit more money (laughs) into our, into our dicks so we don't have to leave home. I leave home anymore. Actually, I'm enjoying not being, not having to go anywhere. People have no idea. And I know we're we're completely different boats with this, but uh, I, this is what I would do when I come back from deployments is that I would just be a shut in and be in my house. I go out when I had to, but I would just stay home. And I got away from that when I was doing, you know, with when the book came out and I was doing the public speaking and the training, I was gone all the time. So my life really did change quite a bit. Um, now that I'm back home again, I, I love being home, dude. I don't want to go out. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I, I'll go out and do my run. I'll go out, you know, today, like I said, I went to the grocery store, got some groceries, came back to my house. We're doing the podcast. I'm going to go back in my house now and go work out and, I'm good being at home. We got a barbecue, so we'll probably barbecue some burgers. And that's 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 what I used to do anyway. So to me, this is really I'm coming back to full circle, back to normalcy of when I was started deploying and coming back home. You know, what was that? That was almost 17 years ago. So to me, I'm I've to me, I've come in full circle. So I'm seeing <laughs> positives come out of this whole whole thing. I hope people still can see positives out of it, even though a lot of them are getting 
what's the word you would call you know that's not house arrest the, yeah the house arrest has caused him to go stir crazy it, it feels like house arrest to me but <laughs> but you know doing this show does uh let me escape well, you know a lot I, I love I, I do love doing this i love interviewing people that i find interesting and sometimes i'm surprised i mean of the interviews we do you know like when i had frankie from amir on to me yeah. that's something when people are like oh who's your favorite guest to other people, it might be the Spec Ops guys. For me, it's him because I was a fan before I ever met him and we're similar guys. When I heard Graham Allen was coming on um, or that he wanted to come on, I'm like, oh, that's cool. He's got a great following. I wasn't sure if it would be my favorite interview. And then as we got into it, I was like, I really like everything this guy is saying. And, and it, I, I really enjoyed that interview. Well, great. Graham speaks from the heart. That's the best way he can do it. And, you know, I didn't mention it, but I, I wanted to mention it to him. And I know he knows this already because uh, he's been in the game long enough. You're never going to be able to please everybody. He's like, we're always, he's like, man, eh, we got, hey, people aren't going to like it. People are, some people will. I'm like, brother, and, you know, I, I've, I've been doing it not, you know, just the same amount of time as him. So I'm not talking like I have any more experience. I think just talking from an age experience, like, dude, you're always going to have haters. You can go and cure cancer. And then also find the cure for AIDS. Also invent the vaccine for the Michelob Hobo virus, the COVID virus. And people are still going to hate you. There's always going to be a few out there. So it's just the nature of, of, of our society. The United I, States. I definitely think he realizes that. Yeah. You know? he, because, he, and, he and also everybody has an opinion. Everybody has haters. But you know what, like, really struck me during the interview? And I know it's the same thing, you know, that you said with your story yeah, everybody posts on social media, but if you could buy like a home and a car for your family based off your opinions, you're doing something right. And I don't think you really care about the haters at that point. It, you know, because your family's happy. That's what it always comes back to. Your family your family is happy. He went through the same things. We, we both went through the same things. I think if we had Dakota on or we had Marcus Luttrell on or even Rob O'Neill, or they will tell you that same sort of story that he said that I have told before, even written about that. Yeah. When we started to believe in our own bullshit and started buying into the women and the alcohol and Hey, look at me, you can be on TV or Hey, look at me, look at you can, we can make your followers and you start believing your own bullshit. That's when your life starts going downhill. And that's yeah. what I've said on prior, prior episodes, Us military guys, spec ops guys, you know, we're not built for that. That's not what we are built for. Granted, being in special operations or being in the military now is kind of looked at, and especially in Graham's case, even in some of some, my case, Tig's case, is kind of looked at you're an influencer. But really, that's not why we ever did the job. And we don't have that mentality of 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 being able to be out there and and handle handle that spotlight where I, I do think people that are in Hollywood, that's that's kind of they, they understand that when they go down that road, that that's the road they're taking, that you do have to hobnob. There are going to be women and drugs in the rock and roll life, too. And and when guys like myself or even Graham, like he talked about a little bit here, get in that, we find out, wait a second, this is this is not me. What What's going on? I'm becoming everything that I didn't want to become. And we go down that slippery slope. And in my case, you know, I almost ended my life. In Graham's case, he caught himself with the help of his wife. Um and and didn't go that far, but he was going down that road. And so uh, I, I, that's what I like to hear that he came out of it, and that that he's able to take care of his family because his family's there, and his family's the one that helped pull him out of that 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 deepness that he sh didn't need to be in those demons that were going to eat him up, and that he's still at the end of the day because he's successful, it's because he works his ass off. And yeah. 
Go, go ahead, bro. Go ahead. No, I, I, all I was going to say, I think, you know, because I've talked to all the guys you've mentioned, except for Marcus Luttrell, um, I just think everybody handles it different. I mean, I think at this stage in his life, it sounds like he likes being a public figure. I mean, he, he, he has a very different story than you because you never set up out to be a public figure. You never, you know, you just got thrown into the spotlight. It's a totally yeah. different thing, I think. I think he set out to do this. At a certain point, it became, you know, it changed him. And it seems like now he's back on track. But I always do try to look at things as an individual. I mean, because Rob O'Neill, for example, I think, you know, I, I'm being honest because I like the guy. I've, I've texted with Rob about things. Maybe we'll get him on. I think Rob loves being in the spotlight. You well, know? You're Rob right. No, you know, maybe I'll be honest. That probably was a bad, a bad example. <laughs> used and, and by the way, I, have I, to I don't agree see that as there. a negative. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think, you know... There, there are kids out there who learn about the Navy SEALs through people like Rob. And um, some people like the spotlight, like being a public figure, and some don't. And, I mean, like I said, to me, he's, he's one of those people who loves it, I think. And, and no, you're, no, you're right. I, I probably was, again, I, I'll reiterate that. Probably was a bad example because, you know, I, I'm not buddies with Rob. We've met before. We've, we've been, you know, we in the green room with Fox. We've talked before. I'd say we're, we're acquaintances. Um, but, you know. If if it ever if it ever gets to where you're getting into trouble, uh, whether it's because alcohol or drugs or something, you veteran and, and you're in the spotlight. To me, that's OK. You take a step back, man. Is that the example that we need to be setting for now? Don't tell. And I, you know, I'm not, I got I got I get it. And do we drink in the Ranger Battalion and SEAL teams? It's, of course we do. But are we in the spotlight? Are we in the spotlight getting on the front page of the news if we do that? If you're a public figure, you're going to be. And you've seen that. I've seen, you've seen that. I, you know, we've seen that with Rob. I, and I nothing. But that's what I'm trying to trying to get at is that if that's the route that you're going and you enjoy that, you got to take a step back, too. You got to remember, I, 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 I am out front. Do we drink in the teams? Do we drink at battalion? Do we have a few too many every once in a while on a, a long tab team? Or Of course. But when you're out front. And they're saying it, it, it does say, you know, if, if I was arrested for a DUI, it would say Army Ranger, yeah. or former Benghazi. Of course, it, it, that's what it's going to be, the headlines. And I, I started to think about that because I was going down that slope of drinking way too much and, and getting into trouble or or, you know, and I'm like, man, do I want my first of all, I don't want my son to see. But do I want that person, that kid that's thinking of going in? Do I want him to read that, man? And so there is a responsibility that we have to take. We do, as as those public figures, public. I hate saying that the influence, whatever. It's funny you were about to say influencer, which is influence. The word you hate oh, even I more. hate that word. Oh, I hate that <laughs> word. What the hell is that? But we we do. We have to have a little bit more responsibility if we're if we're out there in the open. And hence, why I changed my ways of of go of being that kind of person. Of, of being the trying to think I was living a rock star life and really just becoming a terrible, terrible person and a terrible role model because we are we are role models. So you have to brother, you know, I and I, I don't want to give him any credit. I really but I'm going to. But he's a hypocrite. And it was remember, I don't know if you remember me and Montel Williams were getting in a spat when I had my Twitter account. No, because I didn't I def- even know I, about that. Yeah, I, I defended Rob O'Neill on some because because I defended somebody was was said he said something about bin laden and some idiot on twitter said oh yeah how do you know about bin laden like oh my god and i and i was tagged in it 
and like, oh my, so basically the guy didn't know that Rob O'Neill was the guy that shot Bin Laden. And right. so I said, I said, never go full, re-. you know, I use that never go full retard thing. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, uh, and guys, I, that's why the movie Tropic Thunder's referenced at 13 hours. That was something I used to do overseas. I'll get into more of that when people will talk about that. And I, but, uh, I get why it offends people. I understand that. But anyway, what I was getting into is that Montel Williams chimed in. Now, he didn't know who I was. Montel Williams said, even though my former, he's a former Marine, you know, he's a, he's a pogue, though. He's one of grunt. He chimed in and said something to me. And then, like, and somebody else chimed in and said, do you know who you're talking to? Because it was about combat. I mean, it got into combat and firefights and this and that. And But when Montel found out, he's like, wait, oh, oh this is the dude that was in me. He, he was, he, you could tell he was not apologetic, but he, he backed off a bit. He goes, well, this this gentleman this gentleman here I respect his service I respect what he did in Libya, but he's been given a platform I would believe he would have handled it but he would handle it better than what he's doing it right now or something because I, I think actually I think it was when I said I was going to choke Obama or something <laughs> that's when it was, and um you know now Mato Williams that's the you know that's typical hypocritiness by him, so it wasn't that it was him saying it it was what he said and I had to take a step back too and that's when I started to reevaluate what I was doing I'm like wait a second, okay. The dude's a hypocrite because he's doing exactly what he's telling me to do, what he's telling me not to do. He's been doing that for forever as a veteran, and he's playing these political games and saying saying terrible things about people. But then I looked at him like, wait, I'm not Montel Williams, and you know what? He's right. He, I, I am being a, I'm not setting an example. I'm not. I have a platform to to actually bring something positive from Benghazi and what I'm right doing right now is being politically part. I'm being partisan. I'm using politics and screaming because and thinking you're an idiot just because you, you don't believe what I believe in. You're liberal. So obviously you're, you're, you're dumber than a bag of hammers. And that's what I was th- I'm like, wait a second. that's not right. That's not what I want to do. He's completely right. And actually that's when I, that's when I started to, to, to really start to look at myself like, I am going down that crazy road of <laughs> of being of being just a bad person and being playing these sides and games and and he is correct. I have have the opportunity now to actually bring something positive out of Benghazi and have people do lessons learned about leadership and how you know war doesn't need to shape you into a negative person. And so Montel Williams, if you're listening out there, I still don't believe in a lot of shit you say. I still think you're a little bit, you're pretty much a hypocrite. But that thing that you said to me on Twitter was a direct response to me on Twitter. He you was, you know, I, I interviewed I Montel. Right. I interviewed Montel on the last podcast uh, I was a part of. It was interesting. Well, well, we and we could have him on because it, it really, he really did. I'll, I'll give him credit. That little bit right there stuck with me. I'm like, you're, you're exactly right. And again. That's when my speeches started to change. That's when I stopped doing a lot of the a lot of the Lincoln dinners and the Reagan dinners and the the fundraiser, the speaking for the fundraisers for conservative. Not that it's a, it's a bad. There's great people that need to hear the story there, but again, that's where I was like, wait a second, I I have an opportunity here to really bring something positive from this story. Hillary had already lost, so I you know I didn't need to get in the pol. That was the whole reason I was out there out for him. Anyway. There was no way in hell she was going to win the election. Was I going to vote for Trump? Probably not. But was was I going to let her win? No, I was going to do everything in my power to make sure she did not win. Well, she had already lost. Like, okay, that done. Charlie, Mike, what do I do next? All right, yeah. let's 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 get out of the let's get out of the damn weeds. Let's get out of the ditch and start making this a positive story and bring positivity out of this, out of what happened to, to us in Benghazi, and not the oh, you, if you if you if you love Hillary, you're a complete idiot. No, I don't. I'm not going to do that anymore.
Yeah. I don't know. Although, I, we, although you yeah. do like that meme that I put up because that was pretty. That funny. was there was, dude. It's when it's when it's true. I always say when it's funny because it's true. It, there's nothing <laughs> wrong with being truthful, and there's nothing wrong wrong at all about that. That was hilarious, dude. Yeah, but for uh, those who I, know, it was, it was Bill Clinton saying, uh, "Thanks, China. Now she's home <laughs> all the time." <laughs> and come on, you Clinton followers know that that's kind of true too. That's funny. That is funny. Yeah, that's, so, I, 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 you know what it is. I don't get so uh, anything we post, it's it's supposed to like make you chuckle and and because there's enough uh, we both feel the same way there's yeah, enough of yeah. it out there just getting people <laughs> outraged and yeah I, it made me laugh so i put it up but yeah man wrapping things up here i, I think people are going to dig this episode and uh once again this is sponsored by our friends at fort scott munitions fort scott is a manufacturer of multi-federal patented solid copper and brass cnc spun ammunition that is designed to tumble upon impact in soft tissue leaving devastating wound channels for faster bleed-out and quicker incapacitation. This ammunition was originally developed to innovate and improve on the standard of military-grade ammunition design. It was found that not only did the TUI ammunition outperform competitors in the self-defense industry, but it quickly became apparent that it would be a top contender for hunters alike. With the ammunition being CNC-spun, the tolerances are some of the tightest on the market, ensuring that you receive the same results with each pull of the trigger. Fort Scott Munitions is available throughout privately owned businesses in every state, as well as directly online through fortscottmunitions.com. Use exclusive promo code BATTLELINE for 15% off your order. Only available to listeners of the BATTLELINE podcast. Fort Scott Munitions is a proud supporter of Chris Peranto, BATTLELINE Tactical, and the BATTLELINE podcast. Uh, if I have my schedule right, because I don't have it in front of me, I think that we got I usually don't tease it out, but I know it will come on. think that we have Jim West coming on the next podcast, which I can't wait for. I love Jim. Yeah, yeah you, you'd know better than me, dude. You know, <laughs> you know me. Who's hey, on? Oh, okay, let's, let's get it on. Jim is truly like one of my favorite people in the world. Like, he just is. So I'm, I'm excited for people who haven't heard him possibly to hear from him. Uh, legend well, he, in the community. So he's old. He's old school, man. When they, when they always say, Hey, the, the last class, the, the hardest class was the last class. Well, it, it's, it's obviously with him. They, he, his class was a hell of a lot harder than me. And they could tell by how he is. He's, he's one tough SOB and he, he is, he's a legend in the community in the special ops community rightfully should be. And he's very well respected. I respect him immensely. And, you know, always trying to be, uh, be that kind of uh, guy in the community that, that he is. It's just tougher, tougher nails, but um, I really, again, he's tough. But I also believe he's got a good heart, and that's yeah. that's what we need in the community. So yeah, looking forward to that, man. Absolutely. Any, anything else uh, before we wrap things up for the uh, followers out there? And no, just just uh, hey, check out with that. The I know people have been asking. I, I put it up early initially, but the the toolbox, the three hundred blackout little shorty rifle that that's my rifle made my Maxim Defense and and that's that's the Tonto rifle that I train with, I teach with, I use it. I have one that I use for home defense. Um, there's 40 of those left. That's it. And then they're, that's going to be it. The gen one, we're not going to make them anymore. Um, we have they're they're on sale. Take, take a look and go to my website, Chris and, and guys, I, I love it. I love that thing. And you can, there's pictures of me shooting it and I, I put thousands, I put over a thousand rounds through that thing for Scott munitions ammo too. And, um, 
no, if, if you're if you're in the in the for a for a PDW or it's a seven and a half inch barrel rifle, really for a short barrel rifle, um, you will you'll be you'll be plenty happy with it. It's tremendous, and we we retooled it at Maxim Defense, and and uh, and it's it's it runs fantastic. And uh, uh, just go to my website, check it out. If you're into if you're into purchasing, you have a little bit of that stimulus check to I call it gun money. <laughs> the, 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 to buy a new weapon system i'm kidding buy food first buy <laughs> yeah food. I, I think we all agree that with that. Yeah. Second. but if you if you're if you're looking out there to, to get a new little shorty rifle man it's 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 awesome and i'll have a face uh, a facebook live feed and also there'll be a video of it on my website you can check to see and yeah grab one hope you do hope you do nice man yeah we, I, i'm trying to do more of those facebook lives since i'm home so i'll try to do some of those uh it's, it's, it's really like more your realm but yeah i like doing them and yeah i'm getting more and more great feedback from people checking out every show and saying that they're liking what we're doing and that we're separating ourselves from a lot of the other stuff out there and yeah, and also people checking out the back episodes. I think I got a message today from someone that was like, hey, loving the show, uh, but I'm only on episode four. So a lot of people are like starting from when we started and and binge listening. So, But I think we planned that, dude. I, I honestly didn't believe people would start listening to six, seven months and people will start and they'll they'll go back to it so that's a good sign man we'll just keep keep doing what we're doing and getting getting good guests on and you keep doing all the executive producing thing and let me just sit and talk and i'm, I'm happy cool man well thanks to graham again for coming yeah, on and definitely. uh thanks to you guys you know not just for supporting our sponsors of course but just listening and, and allowing us to do this it means a lot god bless you guys we really appreciate it as it allows us to still to get some content out and stay busy and allows me and Ian, me and Ian, me and Ian not to go stir crazy. Him it's will true. be more stir crazy than me since I'm used to being stir crazy. <laughs> but but I, we really do appreciate it. God bless all you guys out there. It means a lot. And and uh, tell your friends uh, to get over to the podcast and listen to it. Um, I, I think they'll be happy. And please give us your recommendations. Don't be afraid to say, hey, we like a little bit of this. We'd like to hear a little bit more of this. Um, yeah, Ian's Ian's always good at li- here reading. <laughs> Reading all those emails. Me, yeah, ba- so battleline. Yeah, battleline podcast at gmail dot com. Uh, yeah, and good to go. And we'll see. We'll see where everything goes with the quarantine situation. Uh, we may end up doing two shows a week. I'm kind of given until the end of this month to just have an idea of of that. Um, because it really depends on both of us. If you're doing, you know, more speaking engagements, yeah. Then, <clears throat> I, I get it. So we'll we'll reevaluate things, but loving you know what you guys are saying and what we're doing, and appreciate appreciate it. Uh, as I said, God bless you guys once again, as Chris said, and uh, thanks to Graham. Really appreciated uh, him joining us and and giving us a long interview. Perfect, brother. Appreciate it, man. I, we're, we've appreciated everything enough. All right? We've done enough appreciating. <laughs> I'm going inside to get my workout in. You All guys right, go awesome, get man. a workout in, too. And Ian, go for a jog, man. Go get out there on that trail.
That's all for this week's Battle Line podcast, but we'll be back on Monday with more American Straight Talk, so make sure you're subscribed. And keep up with the show 24-7 on Facebook and Instagram at Badline Podcast. Also on Twitter at Badline Pod. As always, never quit. Badline.